0: is
1: now the ultimate power in the universe. At last we reveal ourselves. Oh, this... well, I have a bad feeling about this. You are now the If you only knew the power of God. Here it comes. You are now
0: Hello there. Welcome
2: to Lightsaber Radio, the most outrageous Star Wars show on the web. If you haven't already done it, make sure you smash that subscribe button as well as the bell icon, so you will be notified of all of our future episodes. Also, don't forget to press that like button. It helps get these videos in front of other Star Wars fans so they can get in on the outrageousness. So how's everyone doing today?
3: You know what? I'm doing good. I had a nice, nice sleep. Woke up feeling refreshed. Woke up feeling good, ready to go. We're happy. Can't say the same for CJ. Sorry for him, but I yeah. feel good. <laughs> he
2: got a wedding. He's supposed to be going to rating rehearsals, and he has um
3: sick kid. A sick kid, so like, he's been know, at the hospital
2: since, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. This week has yeah. just been crazy. My uncle passed away on Wednesday, so that was kind of oh, crazy. Dang. What's I'm going sorry. on, Clint? So, you know, trying to deal with all that stuff and then trying to get everything set up for the episodes and, you know, talking to everybody. It's just been kind of hectic. But we got it together. It'll be okay. So, from um, now, Miltos. I'm hopefully I'm saying his name right. Uh, cause you're I'm a probably limo.
3: Huh? Miltos Yurelmo.
2: Yurelmo. Okay, I'm not even gonna try to say his last name because I'll screw it up. I'll leave that up to you. He hopefully he is joining us here shortly. He didn't message me uh, this morning and say that he was coming on. So uh, hopefully he gets here shortly. We messaged him the link to the show. So. Until then, we're going to talk a little bit about our predictions for Andor. Yeah. Um, but before we get to that, uh, just got another announcement. Christopher Schaum is going to be on episode this Wednesday. He has done several things for Star Wars, and so that's going to be cool. He, we, I've been talking to him for the last couple days, so hopefully— He'll be on the show on Wednesday because we know how this stuff works out. <laughs> I think it has a lot to do with time yeah. zones. That's honestly, I think the, the, just the time zone mix-ups is, that's why I try to use Eastern Standard Time all with everything because with Eastern Standard Time, it you know, everybody knows Eastern Standard Time. But, you know, I guess, well, we know David kind of got mixed up with it because he was in Central Time Zone and Miltos is, You know he might be in europe because he's from britain so you know it just might be a mix-up in time hopefully he reads his uh messages and he get over here as fast as possible uh let's say wait a minute i got a message from him what did he say uh he said excellent how long will it be do you think how long will it be for do you think uh probably we run about run? two hours, but you can leave whenever you want. Here, let me reply to him right quick. Talk, talk, Garrison. Oh,
3: yeah. yeah. So, Miltos y- Yurelemu. I'm sorry, I I'm bad at that. Those of you guys that don't know him, he's the guy who plays the sword teacher in Game of Thrones. So, Cereal Pharrell. He's in Star Wars. Um, he's in a bunch of stuff. Game of Thrones, obviously. Hubbub, DJ, Star Wars. He he was in um what was that one show you were telling me about that he was in that I, oh uh, hitman's, not, bodyguard. Hitman's, hitman's bodyguard hitman's wife bodyguard hitman's he was wife's the, bodyguard that's
2: forever. not the show that's a that's a movie movie that's for about I mean. two hours it's the
3: same thing it's the same thing show movie whatever it's being shown to people <laughs> but he's in that one and that kyle thinks that's the funniest movie in the world dude that I movie is so him hilarious you gotta I remember watch. him it, in that one
2: yeah he's the uh he's the the the, the dude that's about to hack him up yeah, he's like he's like the main he's like the main bad guys. Um like torturous bad guy, he's like the one that's chasing him. He's like the head commander for the bad guy. Oh, okay, okay,
3: yeah, yeah. I think i I think I get Richard. Cause I, I remember the bad guy, like the main bad guy, I was like, that's not him, but I give I give Richard's name.
2: I don't know how you don't think that that's the funniest movie ever. That movie is hilarious. It like, is
3: funny. Hell. I thought the is. first one was funnier,
2: though. I thought the second one. You they're both funny as hell. You? but the, <laughs> Both of them is funny as hell, but I think the second one is better, just me personally. I, I was on the floor rolling. I almost thought I was going to have a heart attack. I was laughing so hard. The only other movie that I've ever watched to make me laugh that hard was Something About Mary. Something About Mary, really? that movie, was
1: just funny as hell. <laughs>
3: So, Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard is what you're... Yeah, sorry, this is a whole other conversation. Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard is what you're putting at the funniest movie of all time.
2: No, 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 oh, no, okay, no, okay, no, okay. no, 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 The funniest movie of all time. I don't know. There's too many funny movies to say the funniest movie of all time.
3: Okay. At least, like... Put, like, is it in I
2: your can sit back five? and say... I can literally... What's going on Star Wars Team Leader? I can sit back and say that it is... That... Like... Revenge of the Sith is probably my favorite movie of all times.
3: Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about funniest movie.
2: <laughs> but, like, it's hard to pick the funniest movie because certain types of comedy is different. You know, that's more of, like, an action comedy. Then you have, like, some about Mary, which is more like a romantic comedy. And then you have, you know, so it's, it's different stages count. when it comes to comedy. Action comedy, it might be one of the funniest comedies ever. Like, as an action comedy, but overall comedy, cause it's it's too hard to distinguish between the two. I just I don't know. I thought the Hitman's Bodyguard one and the Hitman's Bodyguard two, um, Samuel Jackson and the dude, they're just funny. Everything that they do is just like like the in Hitman's Bodyguard one when the the background just blowing up, they're just yeah. in a big gun shootout, and this dude just sitting there having a drink, and he's just telling this dude what happened. This dude scared. This shit like everything's blowing up and cars is crashing and people are screaming and He just they're sitting they do that shit. It's hilarious to me. I don't know why it's so funny. Like, dude, this dude ain't even tripping. He just like fuck you. And I'm like, dude, that shit is funny.
3: I want to ask the chat, Clinton, Star Wars team. What's the funniest movie you guys know, or one of your favorite funny movies? Because, Flip, I want to watch a funny movie now.
2: I do. I'm hopefully and i know i've been saying this for a while but i just can't find th- what i like i just can't get it to the way that i want it to be but as soon as the web page is done we're going to do some watch videos we're going to be watching a lot of stuff we're going to start doing some different things like that i know i've been saying it to them <laughs> high rod is pretty funny too um, hot
3: rod? <laughs> yeah oh clinton said hot rod okay okay was like-
2: but it just i can't Nobody, like, everybody I guess to design it ain't designing it right. And I don't have the time to design it myself. So it's like, they get it done, and they say, this is what I got. And I'm like, what is this? Like, dude, this ain't even what I said. This is not even close to what I said. And I've had three different people work on it, and it's just it never, like, if I could get all three of them to work together and and, and use the, I don't know. I guess they're just not understanding what I'm saying. Like, dude, I wanted Star Wars base. This one dude, I said I wanted Star Wars base. This dude had flowers and shit. Like, what is this, man? What, what are you talking about? Then the other person did Star Wars, but it was like all, like all the Star Wars stuff that he used was like from the last three movies. Like, I don't want none of the sequel crap on here. What are you talking about? Like all the graphics and stuff was like, it just wasn't good. And then the one person that got really, really close to doing it the way I wanted it done, then he wanted too much he was like oh. i want you know like two thousand dollars and i was like i'm not giving you two thousand dollars for designing this i could design this for 50 bucks And my like i just don't have time but and it took him forever to do it like dude i could have done that in a, a day i just don't have a day to do
3: it All right so i was like it's i'm too not paying
2: funny. for two grand yeah. for something that took you uh, maybe two hours to do Because it wasn't... I mean, it was cool. He had everything in there that I wanted it to do. But, like, the graphics were just basic graphics. But it looked good enough that it would have worked. I could have fixed things. But it was like, nah, I'm not paying you two grand for this. It's not
3: going to happen. I think one of my favorite, like, funny movies, back on that topic, has got to be, like... One that's coming to mind is Life of Brian. I love that movie. It's so funny. Have you heard I don't of that think one? I've seen that you, you, You've seen like Monty Python and the Holy Grail, that one Yeah, Yeah. same guys Except Life of Brian is about this Like this guy named Brian Born during Jesus' time And like he's like Living alongside Jesus but he's Like just says like random Stuff as he's passing by and people like Hear it and they think it's so like <laughs> So he just starts this whole new Religion and dies and it's, just, <laughs> it's just like making fun of like just oh it was just hilarious i don't know it was so funny like the opening scene like flipping like brian is being born like in a manger same kind of jesus thing and the wise men come in they're like laying gifts and the mom like what the fuck are you doing here get out like what? i don't know you and they're like, well, we brought gold and she's like oh okay then well, come on in yep he's right here i don't know like it. they walk out
2: it's like <laughs> in the hitman's see, bodyguard like <laughs> like what makes it so funny to me, like, when he walks in and Morgan Freeman's his dad, and he's like, what the hell, your dad is black? <laughs> it's just, <laughs> that shit is just hilarious to me. Like, it's everything about that. Then when, when, it, when, uh, when what's-her-face finds out that his ball got shot off and he can't <laughs> have kids. <laughs> like, you didn't realize that he didn't have, he only had one ball. Like, what the hell is... Yeah. yeah I, I just don't get... I She's You know, like, there's so many funny I mean, things that just, like, there's so many funny movies that I've seen over the years that it, it's hard to pick, like, a favorite funny movie. Like, when it comes to, like, I have, like, my, like, literally, I'd probably have to say my top five movies. I don't know what it is, I, like, but Star Wars is my number one. My my number one, I'll I watch Revenge of the Sith over anything. Then probably The Matrix, matrix one matrix one was just dope as shit to me i don't know like i went to the movie theater and seen it like four times then it'll probably be blade i just like blade it wasn't all that great a lot of people didn't like it but i just really like blade the first one was just so dope um shit prior avatar i watched avatar a shit ton of times i avatar times was just dope i'm excited for the new one i can't wait till that shit comes out because it, it was just different it was something that nobody else had really done anything like that and just the whole concept was just different well, i really like that
3: it's basically um oh what is no it's literally the exact same as another movie i just can't think of what it is
2: um like the plot and then what is another movie that i've watched like just i'm trying to think of movies that i just watch oh um uh, uh, Keanu Reeves um, John Wick I can watch all three of the John oh, Wicks John just. Wick is dope I can watch all three of them I probably watched them all 20 times John Wick is just the shit uh, But I'm an action guy too Dances with yeah. wolves
3: Avatar is basically dances with wolves in space
2: Yeah that makes it better Because <laughs> it's in space Yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just liked it, and them is like the movies that like I watched like over and over and over. I, shit, I watched Dances and Wolves like three, four times. Another one that another one of my top movies is Legends of the Fall. Dude, I don't know what it is about that movie, but I watched the shit out of that movie. Like the brothers are screwing each other's wives, and, oh, and then okay. people are dying, and they're bootlegging really? and fighting in wars. <laughs> they just got everything in that damn movie. This it was, was like, good. dude, this we is. I don't
3: need to go into all that. No,
2: that that shit. movie was just dope. And I, and I hate Brad Pitt. I can't stand Brad Pitt as an actor, but I don't you know like what Brad it was. Pitt. I don't like Brad Pitt as an actor. I think he sucks oh. as an actor. But I just that him. movie, that whole movie, I don't. it wasn't his acting. It was just the, the, the idea was just a good movie. Interview with the Vampire. I probably watched that 300 times. Yeah. That's a good movie. And then there's movies that I just watch so many times just because of my wife. She ha- always oh, has them. Like, thanks. every time Twilight comes on, it, I have to cool. watch Twilight again. And the only thing I like is the fight scenes. So if they're not fighting, I'm just sitting there like, why am I watching this again? The but I the last
3: movie, to. and that's not even in the book.
2: <laughs> I listen to the books just because my wife you wanted read them.
3: The, you read the
2: I listen to the books. books. The books is way better than the movies.
3: I, I Dude, I mm-hmm. read the books. I'm not proud of that fact, but I've read all of them i just
2: listened to them
3: I lost the that's path. all i, I did all
2: i listened to them because my wife wanted this so i got her th- got her the audiobooks and then i listened to them because i had them i listened to all the interview with the vampire like all the and rice books i listened to all of them there's like so many damn books that have to do with interview with the vampires crazy and i listened to all of them and i was like dude this like all the books is way better than a movie the movie is good but I don't know I like shit like that though but like I'm like people get mad at me because I'd be like dude I like the um like the originals and uh um what's oh, yeah. the one before that the one that, the, the the whatever the, the the vampire diaries yeah vampire diaries I like that shit I like vampire <laughs> shit I don't know what it is I I, I, oh, I like vampires um oh
3: it just came out and Klaus was
2: a motherfucker. That dude was killing everybody. He didn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> that dude was gangster oh, you, as hell. You
3: should see the invitation.
2: The invitation.
3: Yeah, it's movie that? that's out right now about like it's like a vampire movie. It's actually really cool. It, it wasn't bad. My to wife watch. my wife loved it. And then I liked it cuz it was like like cool vampire.
2: I don't know. I like vampire shit. I just didn't like Twilight cuz Twilight was just fucking other than the fight scenes yeah. like what kind of vampires don't drink human blood like that's just stupid <laughs> you know what I'm saying dumb as hell <laughs> yeah see Bodhi agrees with me Bodhi says he has blade tattooed I have a blade tattoo that's dope
3: interview of a vampire I, honestly I've never even heard of that
2: You've never watched Interview with the B- Vampire, with Brad Pitt and, um, it has oh. Brad Pitt, it has, um, uh, oh. Tom Cruise in it, it has, what? uh, yeah, Brad Dude, Pitt and Tom Cruise? Oh,
3: it
2: it has Brad Pitt, Tom bro, Cruise, bro. Tom um,
3: Cruise looks so stupid,
2: <laughs> um, oh, he's a motherfucker in that shit, he's trying to get Brad Pitt Weird. to be a vampire, and Brad Pitt really don't want to be a vampire at first. Like, he don't want to, then he, like, bites this kid and fucking turns this kid into a vampire. And then um, it has a, what's his face, um, from uh, shit, what the hell is his damn name? My, uh, oh, man, what the hell? Uh, I can't think of his name.
3: All right, I'll have to
2: Antonio Benderas. Has Antonio Benderas in it? And that shit is dope. That's it's cool. long, though. Best
3: it's, acting. That's acting. what he
2: says. Yeah, that shit.
3: All right. All right.
2: Yeah, it's, that shit is dope Interview with the watching. vampire Because it's crazy because Brad Pitt don't want to be a vampire Tom Cruise turns him into a vampire But Brad Pitt don't want to be a vampire So this dude's like eating rats and shit And stupid shit like Twilight yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying then, they, then Tom Cruise turns this kid into a vampire Then she loves Brad Pitt oh, So they're crazy. like, oh yeah, it's fucking crazy
3: It's not on anything
2: I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure you can find uh, it on something. It's on something. Actually, they got a TV show coming out about that shit. Okay, we've been sitting here talking 17 minutes about some other shit. Damn.
3: Okay, Okay. so let's give...
2: uh, Yeah, let's talk about some Star Wars, because we got, like, it's literally a few days until Andor comes out. Like, it's literally, like, four days. So let's give our predictions of Andor, hopefully, because... he asked me what time he said excellent how long does it run how long does it think it it'll go for i said two hours but you can leave whenever you like so i don't know what he's doing i don't know it runs about two hours but you are welcome to leave whenever you like yeah i mean just maybe I don't he wants understand. to join late or something i don't know yeah idea. i don't know we'll see but anyway okay Andor, what do i, I think Andor. I have a bad feeling, and I don't really want to say this, but I have a a feeling that there's going to be no Force or Jedi in this shit at all. And it hurts my heart, because to me, Star Wars is about the light and the dark side and shit like that, and and lightsabers and shit, but I have a feeling that there's going to be none in this whatsoever.
3: See, I'm not too... Because, like, Mandalorian didn't have that much Jedi Force stuff either until Luke showed up i'm not too upset about it i'm like i'd rather have no force or anything than like force that's like stupid and bad and doesn't make sense you know what i mean and so i don't know i'm not too i don't think like i obviously prefer jedi and force and stuff but if we get a good star wars like i'm okay with that
2: what do you think think on the prediction on the prediction side what do you think is gonna happen what, what do you think is gonna happen within the show itself
3: Dude, that's why I don't know because like because there's like so much empty space like we know nothing about this character so like there could be anything that happens I don't know if it's gonna start from like him like how he gets into the rebellion because I'm still hung up on the fact that he says he's like I've been in this fight and so I was like how' six. Are six years old six years old like,
2: yeah he's six years, years old
3: since he's six years old like, I wonder if they're gonna have flashbacks. Yeah, like of him
2: being a kid, because so that really doesn't explain shit. If he you know yeah. like, you didn't explain nothing in that fucking statement at all whatsoever.
3: Yeah. So I don't know. I I just want some explanation. I guess. I also, what I really want to see is I want to see more of like, we talked about this a little bit when we were watching The Bad Batch, but like I want to see more of like what the Empire was like. Like, why is the Empire so bad that we're rebelling? Because like. You know, you well, see we know why the they, were, are, they well,
2: but, enslaved everybody, and they just started no, no, no. conquering planets, and then yeah, they blew yeah, up but, Alderaan. And <laughs> well, I mean, they blew, Alderaan comes after this, but yeah, still, but it's, the, like, the
3: Empire is oh, evil. No, no, shut up! You see those memes where it's like, he's like, you mean I blew up that planet full of space terrorists? <laughs>
1: like,
3: you, you captured my friends. You mean the space terrorists? <laughs>
1: like,
3: you, you cut my master in half. You mean the guy who was space terrorizing my Death Star? Yeah, I killed him. Like, you know what I mean? So a lot of it's like, well, they kind of got a point. Like there are a bunch of space terrorists. So now I want to see like, why is the empire so big and bad? You know what I mean? It's I the freaking empire.
2: They they're they, they, dude, they enslaved the Wookiees. They enslaved everybody, they destroyed the planet. They destroyed yeah, Zeb's yeah. whole planet, Wait, killed you know, his whole people.
3: Have you seen that in a movie yet?
2: No, but that's what they're gonna exactly. show in this thing. They're gonna show that. That's, that's what I mean. At least mean. I like, hope show they show me that.
3: that. in a movie.
2: Well, you've seen it. I mean, you already know it's bad. Everybody in the galaxy is scared of it. The, they showed that in the Bad Batch, News. how bad shit is. So they showed it in fake Rebels. News.
3: It's fake media. I won't believe it till I see. It's fake news. Because I you gotta understand it
2: that it. It. This is not gonna really Andor is super far into the future. This is <laughs> freaking like two years before Luke and. Obi Wan go to the Death Star. It's like right before the Death Star is, you know what I'm saying, being Probably being right. built. So or the I think the Death Star is being built right when this is going on and that's how they're trying to get the information as we seen in Rogue One to figure out how to blow this damn thing up. So this well, is gonna like, be like right before this. this. Is like
3: so it's not five years I think, before Rogue One.
2: So I think it's gonna be more like, you know what I'm saying, like you're we're already gonna see that the galaxy just everybody just it's just jacked up. The galaxy just sucks at this point. Kenobi showed us like ten years, you know, like five years prior to that, and it was already jacked up. You know, now it's gonna be really, really bad. But I don't I don't know if they're gonna show us why it's so bad because it doesn't fit the timeline. Like I think that's what like we're seeing it in in like Rebels. We've seen it in The Bad Batch how what's going on like he's basically right. now palpatine is the emperor and he's like telling like kill these people you know what i'm saying oh they think they're gonna be rebels or they think they're gonna do, just kill yeah, them
3: they're bad people kill them
2: and just kill all but they're i sure think that's what we're seeing and then we see it in like rebels how the what the empire is doing and the rebels would be like right around the time of right before this Right before Andor, right during the time of Andor. So I don't know if they're gonna show us like why the Empire is so bad. It's just kind of like it's the Empire. It's like a dictatorship. So you know, it, we already know why it's so bad because then they force shit on to people and make. They
3: force shit on to people.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? They just like force the galaxy to follow their rules. <laughs> Nobody wants to follow nobody's rules. That's why we like being free even though we're really not free because we got more laws than them. Just, like, if you look at, like, all the laws and all oh, the amendments so to the law, dude, it'll take you, well, I know you're going to school for business yeah, law. Just probably, look at all the business law. Just imagine all the other laws. Like, I read one time in a thing that we're, like, the 10th 10th freest country in the world. There's, like... No,
3: we're not the freest country. But there's, no, like, nine other right.
2: countries that are freer than us because they have yeah. less laws than we have. Like, <laughs> but at we... At least not anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. But so that's, that's kind of crazy, but...
3: One, one thing I am excited for, because it's I'm just so excited for a dark Star Wars. Even though I won't have Jedi, the fact that it's going to be a dark Star Wars, I think, is a really good thing. Because if this show ends up really succeeding, that shows Disney that, hey, people like a little bit of dark and gritty in their Star Wars. And so hopefully Disney will take that and be like, all right, let's make like, now we can make Revan or Bane or like some actual dark Force stories, you know what I mean. So I'm, I'm kind of excited for that. Just that darkness. I don't know. I, I guess I miss that darkness. Maybe I'm a vampire, huh?
2: Well, I mean, it just, it all depends on. It all just depends on the situation. I don't know. I just have, like, I know that it's going to be darker and grittier. I mean, we see it in the, in the, um, in the trailer. Right. You know, it got that more dark, gritty. Um, type of thing that cussing in it, we know that it's what is it, basically PG-14 or whatever. That's what they rated it as. So it's going to be something that's meant for teenagers, young adults, adults. So I think that we're going to see a lot more.
3: Well, like, I mean, I was going to save this for news, but like, one of the like I, they granted an early screening for some I critics, think. and and it is critics, like critics aren't always like they don't always agree with fans but critics say it was like like amazing like the best spin-off series so far they call it complex mature and the best star wars spin-off series so far
2: which is a so good thing i mean that's, if that's really what it's bro, going to be
3: so it's going to be better than mandalorian like let's go
2: no i don't I, it's going to be hard to beat the mandalorian
3: that, just because that's, i'm just saying that's what the critics said
2: yeah, The Mandalorian is more Star Warsy. It's more got that Star Wars feel because it's about Mandalorians. Mandalorians is a character that is based on Star Wars. It's something that Boba Fett was. So it's going to be hard to, you know, to really push that narrative when it comes to something that yes, yeah, based on Star Wars, but it's more like an action war type series. More like mash than it is. Well, the mash was kind of a comedy war type thing, but it was. But you, you're getting more of that. I'm getting more of that type of vibe, like that military. You know what's going to happen in type of thing. Yeah, I- so it's not really. I don't see it being being that type of that type of thing. Um.
3: All the like. To your credit, like, critics don't always, like... Critics sometimes have really stupid reviews to compare to what fans think. You know what I mean? So, who knows what... Like, don't necessarily trust critics. Because, like, I, if uh, you look on, like, Rotten Tomatoes, like, critics will rate something really high and all the fans trash on it.
2: It's just... I don't know. It's just... It, it, it's hard for me... to... I don't know how to, I don't know how to say it. Oh, oh here we go.
3: Here he is. I pressed okay, go ahead, one of I'm us got to do
2: it. The other per. we both <laughs> can't do it at the same time, Garrison. <laughs> <laughs> What's going That's on, good. sir? How are you doing? Hello, my friends, how are you doing? We're doing well. Great, great,
3: awesome we can hear you good we're all set up awesome thanks for coming on very good it's my pleasure i've literally just got back
0: from croatia so um oh no way so you just caught me yeah back from uh, i've just been filming something out there so yeah so it's great to speak to you guys
3: any sneak peeks or no can't say anything
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> i don't know if i can i don't think i can
0: Close. no i don't it was worth I the shot can. it was worth the shot right <laughs>
2: Well, uh, can, can we guess? Does it have something to do with sword fighting?
0: Uh, Yeah, but I don't do no sword fighting, unfortunately, in it. I am a man of no weapons in this
3: uh, show. Oh, okay, okay. Dang, okay. <laughs> yeah, because uh,
0: I was,
2: as we've been talking, I've been going back and forth, I've been watching some of your training videos and stuff on YouTube, and I'm like, man, you, like, really know how to use a sword. You're not, like, <laughs> just a character they just, you know, play somebody to use the sword. You know how to use the sword. Right.
0: Yeah, I, I did. I did. I've kind of had a bit of experience doing it, so yeah, it
3: makes okay. a difference. So you have like real life experience with like swords or fencing, then?
0: Yeah, I um, I worked for the Royal Shakespeare Company for uh, a few years, and they obviously their shows always right. require a sword choreographer. And um, I love I love all that stuff. So I, I had uh, worked with some fantastic uh, fight choreographers, and uh, I found I had a very natural aptitude for it. I could learn um, awesome. choreography quite well. I was also a dancer when I first started out. So so learning choreography was, you know, kind of uh, something that I was used to, and right. so. Um, when I was asked about this is before I even got the part, but when I was asked when I went for my casting for Game of Thrones, they asked me if I had experience as a sword fighter. And for the first time on pretty much any actors uh C V it was true instead sort of lying. <laughs> it was a lie.
3: <laughs> it's like actually yeah <laughs>
0: like like this we always have this thing when we say as far as uh, us actors are concerned is that uh, there's always three things that are on actors cv that are probably a lie which is horse riding skills (laughs) tap dancing (laughs) and a particular ability to do an accent because oh, you always put them you always put right. them down so you could get opportunities to get you know to get put seen for a job but most of the time you, you, no one's had any experience but for me i actually did have um, sword yeah. fighting experience but uh, it was a requirement
3: too, sounds like
0: <laughs> it, it, and, and of course since then I, i've learned a lot you know and i've kind of worked with people and i couldn't you know uh, curated my own uh, sword class, so that's what I do when I go to conventions, it's, you know, I I, oh, shoot. I yeah So that's why I developed it developed because I was doing con- Conventions and I was um uh, I was bored of sitting behind a desk and signing autographs So <laughs> I thought I'm gonna do something a little bit more interactive and so I thought to myself It wasn't my idea. It was what someone someone who was running a convention that I was that, and um there was someone who actually turned, who became uh, George R. R. Martin's, uh, uh, one of his assistants. And um, she said to me, you know, you should do do a, a, a class. People would love it. And I was like, I can't do a class. I'm just an actor. <laughs> and uh, and, and uh, she said, no, no, do it. And so I got thrown in at the D end because I, I agreed to it. And I completely busked it. You know, I was like, I'm just going to do the stuff that I learned for game of thrones and that's it and funny enough uh, Maisie williams was there at the time as well oh. so we used to, we did a little kind of like de- demonstration with people right. and um and and uh you yeah. know of course it, it brought the house down and everyone loved it so i thought to myself okay this will be fun but i need to do my homework so i went away and i and i uh did some yeah studied a bit of uh I, I, what I what I basically ended up doing was that I was interested in almost like a interactive discussion about the difference between what we see on TV and in the movies when it comes to sword fighting, and how that compares to historically what a duel would be like, or what what it would be like living by you know with a sword in your hand, because obviously that was a reality for people for a very, very long time. And right. so I kind of, I like to kind of compare and, uh, and uh, use examples of what I would consider very good choreography or something that, that feels authentic and times when it's just showing off.
2: Cause that's I actually too. have right. a few clips that we can play right quick of you teaching. So let's do that right quick, because I thought they were hilarious.
3: Hilarious. I, what, yeah. what you're but there's no doubt about it, there is a you, you oh, are right. like okay. each other. It's like,
0: and it's, it's interesting. I mean, I can't say that it's wrong. There's no such thing as wrong. It's still it's just sometimes it's, there's some there's unsafe, right? But no, but it, it's, it's like it's it's about for me when I watch that I go, okay, that's dangerous, but that's good dangerous as well as bad dangerous because what I'm seeing is two people really like, I don't know where the next flow is because you don't. Yeah? So that's one extreme. How do you get that feeling? Yeah.
2: I like the way that you said it. it's just a little dangerous. It's good, dangerous, and bad, dangerous. We're like, we're fighting with swords, it's super dangerous. <laughs> And we had this 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 one I liked.
0: These are all shot in uh, in uh, in uh, Texas. I recognize no the way. carpets.
3: I like cause he just yeah. walk around pushing people over.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's cool, I wish I could do that.
3: Is that how they trained you too? <laughs> Did they just push you
0: over?
1: <laughs> Well, it's it's a really
0: simple thing. It's like um, it's like if you if someone can walk up to you and nudge you and you'll fall over, or if you don't have any balance, then mm-hmm. that's literally the fundamental. That's like rule number one of sword fighting. Is like is is your stance.
3: Right.
0: Your stance is the most important thing right. because there's no point being an excellent Sometimes sword fighter bad. if someone can just walk up to you and, and kick you in the shin and you fall over because then you're going to be, so, very, very yeah. <laughs> be very very dead. Yeah. He's going to be very okay. very dead well the because
2: i mean you get taught the same thing in martial arts or in boxing you know it's all about your stance you got to have you know you got to have that stance you got to have you know if you don't have no balance you're just gonna somebody just gonna push you over and then it's you're you're pretty much on the ground that's not a good place to be at but i thought it was cool i was watching i was like he's just watching walking around pushing people over and i'm like that's that that got to be the greatest job ever just to be showing people how to do stuff and then you know it's like there's no mistakes like what do you mean there ain't no mistakes you're sword fighting it's very dangerous if somebody comes at you with a sword and you got a sword you got to be. You, you, you might want to know what you're doing because you're about to die so i thought that was hilarious so and that was one of the things that kind of that caught me off guard with your with your your sword fighting skills that they didn't let you use a sword in star wars it, like I'm looking through the clips and I'm looking at you and you're standing behind Harrison Ford in in, in The Force Awakens and you're just basically, you're there for like five seconds to watch, you know, the planets get blown up. And I was like, really, this dude, he got like actual sword fighting skills and y'all didn't let him fight at all? (laughs) Like, why would y'all do that?
3: Game of Thrones, like, give this man a lightsaber, please.
0: (laughs) i got a, got, i got, i managed to choose my own blaster. And that was, that was, uh, that was a thrill. When the armory comes in from Lucas Films, and they're like, "So, which blaster do you think you might use?" It's not as cool as getting to choose your own lightsaber, but it it definitely is. Um, that's
1: still That's cool. kind of
0: that's a thrill, yeah. yeah it, is, it is.
3: Dang. Okay. I didn't know they let you like choose your blaster too. Holy crap. Yeah,
1: that's kind of cool.
3: What What was the whole uh, I guess atmosphere like in like Star Wars set, and even some of your other sets, I guess?
0: well the thing with uh, the star wars of course and it, it seems like such a long time ago because so much has so much has happened since yeah. we were making a star wars movie and one hadn't been made for years and years and the expectation was huge and there was so much secrecy and none well, of So us that really weighed on you guys then. Well it's because do we, because it was right it wasn't just that that we were sworn to secrecy, we weren't told anything, we weren't told who we were playing, what we were doing, we saw no scripts, it was all, uh, it was all completely um, uh, just, uh, without. we had no idea what was going on, and, when, and even on the day we were filming, which is when we got to see the scripts, that that was um, uh, even that was like, here's your script, read it, give it back to me in twenty minutes. Wow! Yeah. I was like, uh, uh, okay, so we can't we can't just kind of hang on to it for the day. No, you've got to give it back. Hey. Uh, you know, they were so strict. They were so strict. Um, but of course, there were clues every time you had a costume fitting, and then when you got to see your the drawing of your character um, that the designer had had made these things were suddenly went oh okay this is interesting but you know you're kind of like piecing it together like a detective um, and then when we did end up filming I remember the what my first day I got into makeup and I was in my chair waiting to film for about eight hours and then They just went, oh, we're never going to get to you. Come back tomorrow. And we just uh, we ended up just not getting uh, we didn't get to shoot anything that day. But the the trouble is that when you're working on Pinewood and you you could see, you know, the it wasn't green screen. It was all practical with hundreds of extras. Um, It was uh, a very complicated scene, particularly that that Mascunata, because there was lots of stuff going on. They wanted to pick up little moments. as well as background, foreground uh, um, shots. And so, these things take a long time. And and J.J. was so uh, patient and also amazing. His levels of energy, that he could do that day after day after day after day. Such a huge uh, undertaking, organizing, choreographing, uh, managing that many people is that that's the real skill of a director is it's, it's, it's managing hundreds of people every single day so i'm
2: gonna I'm throw up the part that you're in because some people might not know where you're at because it was kind of hard for me i i seen when i was watching game of thrones and i seen i seen you and i was like i've noticed this. and then when i went through your imdb and i'm like okay wait a minute that's this like where is he at in star wars i don't remember seeing him in star wars i thought you were in the bar scene in in eight and i was like no that's not right but i found a clip so we'll play the clip right quick and let everybody see your part that you played in star wars so they'll kind of know because they might not know let's see where we are here uh, <laughs> i gotta find it which clip it is no that ain't it
1: this is it. okay
2: so you're actually okay why is it just playing the picture but what it's, happened? Not working. Yeah, it's not <laughs> working I don't know so you're the dude right there in the I'll green story.
0: Um, in the green coat right I'll tell you yeah uh, uh, it was actually yellow but it comes out a bit green yeah. on the on the, uh, on the the final cut i I'll tell you a story about this scene I um I was supposed to have a uh, an argument with that big that animatronic dude uh, that alien uh, Mm -hmm. who's kind of smoking cigars and he's got like a um, uh, a companion on his arm you know like a gangster dude and um, and I was supposed to have this argument with him and uh, uh, I'd never we didn't rehearse it you know, he was obviously an animatronic and I didn't know how many people were operating him and I certainly didn't know what he was going to do. And so um, JJ says, okay, uh, action. And uh, and it starts coming to life and it's like spluttering and talking and moving and winking at me and blowing smoke in my face. <laughs> and I'm completely like surprised. I, <laughs> I have no idea was going to do that. It was like a life, and there was three like this guys. This
3: machine came to life. <laughs> yeah,
0: three guys inside it operating the face, the arms, and, uh, and, and you know other bits and pieces. And uh, and uh, and I started trying to have an argument with it, but the trouble is the guys couldn't hear me, and I couldn't <laughs> hear the guys making sounds. And I didn't know what the, the what it was going to do for one minute to the other. And then JJ comes over and it goes. You do know how to have an argument, don't you? And I was like, I do know how to have an argument. It's just that I don't know. <laughs> I
3: can't hear. I don't hear. know what it's going to do.
0: We're we're improvising, but none of us can see each other. He's got no eyes. They're inside him. He doesn't. They don't oh know my what gosh. I'm doing. So we're all blinded. <laughs> and so we did it. We were doing this over and over again, and it was like I was waiting for it. stop talking, and I can. Oh,
1: wait.
2: Uh, we're breaking up home. a little bit here. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Terrible.
0: But that's. You know, that's what happens when you. to improvise something that. Like,
2: that just sounds like it would be just difficult to be talking to an in and in an, and can you say the word
3: inanimate, like
2: in- inanimate objects in object. in a, but yeah. it was
0: but it was very animate it was very animate it's just i didn't know when it was going to be talking or or doing doing its thing so it was all a bit of a and guesswork and because it was only a small moment we weren't going to spend ages trying to get it right you know it's like you know, you've got to hit the, the ground running on things like that, and and, uh, and it was my first day, and I was like, I, I, "This is blowing my mind." <laughs> I
2: bet you that would be hard. So, if you could compare like the sets of Game of Thrones to to what you did on Star Wars, what would what would you say would be the biggest differences?
0: Not a lot of difference. The difference is in the technology that the characters use.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because obviously,
0: <laughs> one rides a, 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 an x and, and one rides a dragon. So it's right. like, it's like a difference to both pretty things. But um, that's the only difference. The The first season's budget on Game of Thrones, even though it was quite high, it was nothing compared to late imagine. If you imagine or you remember it, it was it was all very character driven, and the big set pieces, the visual set pieces, didn't really start appearing until later on mm-hmm. in the season. But um, uh, it, it felt uh, expensive. I remember Sean being telling me that you know and obviously he had a lot of experience of working on big budget productions and he said i've never done a tv show on this scale before never and uh, he was right because that was just the beginning of it obviously it got bigger and bigger and bigger but um it uh, it was very similar and uh, of course with star wars it was similar because of course it was all practical and uh, you know ma- mass the castle was a real thing, a real place that had been carefully created and filled with characters from all over the the, the galaxy. So, so um, that was that was exciting. My my scenes were very intimate in Game of Thrones. It was just me and one, right. or two other people. But uh, in Star Wars, obviously, we're in scenes surrounded by so many different characters and that that was that was that was one big difference you know from my point of
3: view one one thing i gotta ask especially about game of thrones right because your character in game of thrones is awesome everybody loves him like i don't think anybody has anything bad to say about him um but my when my wife were we were going to be talking to you she was super excited because she loves your character a lot especially and she is dead set on the idea that Sirio lives, like he didn't die and he escaped with his wooden sword and beat all those guys. What would you say to that?
0: At once upon a time I would have said yes, he did escape, but I, I I've come to a, an acceptance of the sacrifice that Cereo Pharrell made. There's there's a, yeah. uh, a, a thing I always say that it these things have to happen because without them they don't they can't be a springboard for the protagonist who of course is Arya Star. and um there's so many stories where uh the protagonist or the hero has to overcome something to begin his its journey and so or her journey and, and uh it's the same you know you think about uh Luke Skywalker uh, losing uh wan Kenobi or um, forget his poor his aunt and, uh, aunt and auntie oh, Emperor, <laughs> Uncle
1: yeah. I
0: mean those, those poor <laughs> right. those poor people don't get a second, uh, uh, you know, look back over the shoulder, but uh, obviously Ben, who he barely knows, he's is, is, is <laughs> obviously heartbroken about, um, but, but you know, that there, there is a reason why that happens, and it, right. you need that for the protagonist to kind of, uh, it's the, it's the uh, catalyst, it's the catalyst,
3: right, and
0: right. you see it all the time in stories of heroes, you know, they have to overcome something to become... To, you know, to begin their journey. And I think it is another one of those examples. It also is very good that, um, in the same way as Star Wars, the um, uh, Serio's words, like uh, Kenobi's words, uh, echo in yeah. their heads continuously. So in the books, it's very clear that uh, Arya, all the way through the books, she keeps repeating the words like a mantra. The, 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 um, the, the lessons uh, and it kind of keeps him alive in her head and I think to help that if she'd seen his death I think she would not have the same reaction so that the fact that it's, it's, it's not witnessed so there isn't the trauma of, of it allows the kind of character to kind of live on if that, that makes sense in the same way. No,
3: that definitely. When when
0: Darth Vader strikes down uh, Kenobi, it, it's it, it's not like he's really killed him. He's kind of disappeared before he's done. It. It's almost like he's he's made the choice himself. He hasn't been killed. He's just decided, okay, this is the time to let go and to move on into the the other dimension. And I think a similar thing happens uh, with. Uh, uh, with Sirio, in the sense that he he becomes an echo that lingers, you know, and right. so he's always there in, uh, in the same way that you always hear uh, Ben Kenobi talking about, you know, the force and use the force loop. So um,
3: I like that. Uh,
0: that, that. That's kind of a connection, uh, and that, that's something that I've always kind of thought about. Yeah. So, unfortunately,
3: he did. He did die. <laughs> I like that, though. That's awesome.
0: Uh, it that was a noble awesome. sacrifice.
3: Well, I don't like it, but I like the idea. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't like that the series ended. Uh, oh,
3: it, I actually didn't mind it. I, I like the ending.
2: I don't think it should have ended, though. It was too great. Uh, like it, it was. I mean, it
0: was they
3: awesome. They could have gone on,
0: couldn't but... they? They could have gone on. Tell me something, guys. Have you been watching House of the Dragon? Yes. No, I haven't watched it yet. I haven't had...
2: I, I'm just so busy because I, I, not only do I do this podcast and I have another podcast, that i do where i talk about star wars books and stuff like that and then just trying to keep everything in order and talk to everybody and do everything that i've been doing it's like i barely like it took me like three three weeks to watch top gun i had it for like three weeks before i could even watch (laughs) the new top gun they were all talking about it and i'm like dude i haven't seen it yet be quiet i haven't even got the chance to see it but I, i really it's really hard for me to get time to 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 sit down especially with a new series I kind of like to let it play out for a little while and then I'll binge watch it when I get a chance. I'll take a day and just won't do anything else and just binge watch something. That's usually how I end up watching most of my content anymore. Other than Star Wars stuff. Because when it comes to I've, Star Wars stuff, then
3: watch I, House
2: of Dragons. I have to watch it just because, I mean, we're talking about it and in Star Wars is like my favorite thing ever. Oh, are we frozen? I think he froze. I think he froze. <laughs> I hope not. I hope... I'll... Uh, you just click back on. He might, Yeah, he froze. He lost signal, but...
3: Well, I like House of Dragons. I thought House of Dragons is not too bad so far.
2: I've been wanting to watch The Lord of the Rings. Like, I even got oh, Amazon Prime. i I've
3: heard some bad things. I,
2: I, be, I, I don't know. I mean... Like, oh. oh, here we go. Oh, He's back.
3: Sweet. Okay, too.
2: Lost you for right, a second there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. My my Wi-Fi seemed to look like it was healthy and strong. So, I'm sorry about that.
2: Hey, it happens. I'm, yeah, I'm plugged in about- wirely and it, and sometimes it'll say your Wi-Fi is messed up. And I'm like, dude, I'm plugged into a wire. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so it, I, I don't get it. It's the internet. I don't try to figure it out no more. But, like, with the House of Dragons, like, I just, I don't have the time to really watch, you know, a lot of content. I'm just so busy. And then, so I get... I usually let some play for a while and then I'll binge watch it and catch up um, other than Star Wars because, of course, the, the podcast is about Star Wars, so that's the one thing. I'll get up extra early in the morning and watch stuff before I get to, <laughs> get to work, you know, I'll wake up at like 2 o'clock in the morning and watch, you know, whatever episode's coming out, take down any notes and everything, and then go about my day and do all the rest of the stuff. So that way when we come on to do the podcast, I have my information. and. and I'll usually do it like that with the stars. The rest of the content, it's it's just one of those things where I just I I get to watch it when I get time.
3: Man, why do that you ask? Sense. Have you been have you been watching it? Are you involved? I have it been watching it. Yeah,
0: I like it very much. I think it's very good.
3: Yeah, I, I like, really it. like it. I really like. Up well, it. it hasn't. I was expecting yeah. because it's a spinoff of a show I like. I was expecting to be disappointed, but I haven't been, so it's good. <laughs>
0: No, the acting is sensational, isn't it? The acting, the yeah. characters, the uh, the story is is really interesting and is it's kind of um, I see what they mean now about it being a bit more intimate. But to be honest, my my favorite stuff of Game of Thrones was always the political intrigue, always the Me thing <laughs> of who is going to get it in the neck today. That Indeed. that was always the exciting thing because you never knew, you never knew. What mistake or you know one one foot you're gonna put wrong and then and then you know your house is gonna come crashing in, that was always really the peril, the peril right. of what people did, the choices of their actions and the consequences right. and the betrayal and all of that stuff I found the most exciting and, and so because House of dragon is is really just about that it's about a family right. literally splitting apart. Uh, it's that's that's right. it's really exciting, I and mean, the acting is just off the charts. I mean, it was always going to be. Oh, and I well, gotta go I watch with, this. Y'all making yeah. me want to watch it even more now.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah well, I have Game to believe it Take a day, day with, off.
3: With both <laughs> of the shows, Game of Thrones and House of Dragons because there's all this uh, like chess movement and all these moving pieces going around, and all this intrigue and all this betrayal. The acting has to be spot on or people are going to get caught up in like the actors and stuff. But I think one of the reasons the story is able to work so well and people are able to get so just wrapped up when they're watching is because the acting is just spot on throughout all of it. That it feels so real and even all of the characters feel so authentic. And so that's like as great as the writing was without the acting, I don't think the writing would deliver the same.
0: No, because there's stuff that goes on. Uh, and this is what was what is really interesting you 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 can see a very um, a very confident form of storytelling so a lot of the time what you'll find when you watch stuff like this is that you know you use vis- the visuals will tell the story um, it will it will convey um, uh, the emotions, because of you know the way that it's shot, either a set piece or you know, and sometimes it, it, it doesn't require any dialogue at all. It's all action, and and that can sometimes work. There there are uh, amazing passages in 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 the second uh, film of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which are sensation brilliant visual storytelling you know when you've got a director who really knows what they're doing and episodes of um, of Game of Thrones that uh, Neil Neil uh, Neil how dare I forget his name Neil <laughs> a lot of names to keep up with oh. I do it all the time you know the one. You know the one I'm talking about, Neil. I want to say Jordan, but it's not Jordan. It's it's uh, Neil okay. Marshall. Thank you so much. Yeah, okay. Neil Marshall. Neil Marshall uh, does a very similar thing. He's very good at visual storytelling, but he he fills it with uh, characters that you really, really, you know, he makes you kind of follow it, uh, follow a story without a, you know, a, a visual story of a character and kind of get you. Really rooting for them and then kind of dispatch them and, and that's how you, you kind of
3: generate
0: <laughs> generate you that, know like that's a, the
3: nice way to put it I guess yeah yeah
0: a good generator uh, you know empathy and 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 you know because the whole point is that you know you only can feel the peril if you if you are emotionally invested in in either the character or the story and, and if it doesn't exist then of course it doesn't matter how many people you kill off it won't it won't won't move you. It won't right. matter to you, and the most important thing is got to matter. So, so uh, people like that can do it. But, but to be honest, uh, the 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 way that they they shoot uh, House of the Dragon is that they let shots go on for a long time. So, once the dialogue before the dialogue begins and after the dialogue ends, something happens, and it's and they keep it in because what it does, it just it it. it, it, it Messes about with your perception of the character, because and, and the, the the best way that, that I I would say that the best thing that that Game of Thrones or or the phenomenon that that is George R R Martin and his and his imagination is that it creates characters that we one minute uh, are rooting for and the next minute we're like what (laughs) what's just happened and vice versa you know ones that we we really hate and then and then who we end up falling in love with like jamie lannister
3: yep
2: okay i got a quick question for you because one of my favorite comedies of all times is hitman the hitman's wife's bodyguard and you paid carlo on there and what was it like working with Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson? Because I know they're both hilarious and they, 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 just to work with them, what was that like for you?
0: It was like a dream come true. Samuel Jackson uh, is the... Oh, I don't know how to describe him, but he's like you, you can't, he's not like, he's, he's not like an actor like other actors. <laughs> the, the, the man, the man uh, brings so much of his charisma and, uh, like, you think about all the characters that he's played. Like, think about that character he played, the one that really kind of uh, brought him to everyone's attention in, in pop fiction.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Not a particularly likable character. No. Not particularly like... Uh, amenable or friendly or any of those qualities that you'd probably look for in someone that you want to trust and to spend some time with it, it, this guy it makes you fall in love with him for all the wrong reasons and it's like this right. this is that that's the, the, there is something about um particular kind of actor i guess people use the word stars a lot but there are particular actors who who i understand why people call them stars it's because they they stand out a little bit more and they 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 they, uh they bring something of themselves every single time you know it's like there's something that you recognize and you kind of want you know you kind of have a uh, uh, uh a desire to see that so so and then there's a kind of effortlessness and you know so it doesn't matter who he plays doesn't literally doesn't matter who he plays and he's played pretty much every kind of uh, trait of humanity you know in his career he still brings this kind of effortless kind of I don't know what it is. But it is something that I wish I had as an actor.
1: I'm
0: just a bag. Of, I'm just a bag of nerves most of the time. But to, it was know, a joy. Do, we
2: love your acting. I mean, you the, the the parts that you have that you have played have have just been awesome. It's just like Such I you characters. know, I mean, I don't know how to like describe Samuel Samuel L. Jackson other than that motherfucker because that's I mean, that's just who he is. He, he just does shit that just is not particularly known in the industry as you know things that other people do they just don't do the things that he does and i just i you love know.
0: i love the fact that he that the, my my highlight was of course being shot in the head being called a motherfucker and then being shot in the head like, i have i have literally died and gone to heaven <laughs> that's my bucket list one of my bucket lists that was, sure. you know, it is
2: too. <laughs> you know, just watching it because I was, you know, I'm watching the movie and I'm just like, dude, this shit is hilarious. Like I was, we were actually talking before you came on the show, like what a, one of the fun, like our top favorite funny movies. And I said, that got to be one of the funniest movies ever. And I just, you know, I could just see it being like a big game the whole time. Y'all are there. like, y'all are supposed to be serious and active, but everybody's playing practical jokes. And, doing doing crazy stuff and just like can you guys focus there i need to get the shot this is because it just seems like that's just who ryan reynolds and samuel jackson is like somebody's gonna be constantly playing practical jokes and and stuff and that's like dude that would be so hard to like act with them because you know it just and then i hear from what i hear uh selma hayek is like that she's real you know, she, she's serious, but then she gets in her little goofy moods. And it's like, dude, that would be so hard to shoot that movie because it's so hilarious. Everything that happens in that, in that whole thing is just funny. And it's like, dude, how can you concentrate to get through that? I mean, I guess that's one of my questions. Like, how did you how did you get, like, in the character in that part working with these people that are just funny all the time? That's all they do is just crack jokes and... You know just have fun all the time it's like how do you take like how do you get into that serious moment
0: i i i mean unluckily, unfortunately I, I mean my my scene is kind of i have to play it straight you know, I have to play i mean no, no matter how ridiculous it is uh but i i have to play it straight like like i believe that i've caught him and that i i finally get to kill him right i have to play it like that yeah so it's kind of different to when there's some fantastic set pieces in that film and in the first film, which, which are, I have no idea how they, how they shot that without a straight face, but they, but you can tell that they didn't, you know, that there is, um, the director, uh, a British guy who, 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 um, is very well aware of, of, of how amazing the success of this movie, which they never thought was going to be a big hit. You know, they, they made this movie with a, a feeling like, yeah, it's going to be a, a cute little, you know, independent film that that has got some really nice, uh, uh, you know, characters in, great acting, and, you know, like, it's just like a couple of actors having great fun. But of course, it really kind of took off and, and became a, 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 a hit. And so uh, when we were shooting the sequel, it was like very clear, like, this is like, wow, this is really fantastic we're making this. And so there's this sense of joy and um, uh, fun making a movie like that. It's very technical, but it's, it's, um, you can see that people like, especially Ryan Reynolds, who, you know, is very good at making everyone feel very relaxed and at ease Mm -hmm. because he's such a dumbass. So yeah, you know, <laughs> that, that's why. But it is, you know, that's, his, that's what he does so well. He plays the kind of Charlie Dumbass, And, uh, and so he makes everyone feel relaxed. And so it, I think you're very, you're, you're always doing your best work when you're relaxed. Yeah. But, you know, you, th- you go to work, especially people like me who just turn up for a day here and a day there. It's kind of really tough because you were like, everyone else gets to kind of like, you know, get used to it. And you're in there, and you've got to deliver the goods on the day. And That's it's like true. there's no, no, no fucking around. You just got to come and do it. And that is a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure, you know. I don't wonder. I don't, you know, I, I don't underestimate what it is like, op, what, working opposite Samuel L. Jackson. You know, it's it's like, and not just him, but there's so many fantastic actors. I just recently finished uh, shooting on Dangerous Liaisons. And uh, the actors in that in that is are sensational. A lot of them are from Game of Thrones, but it, <laughs> it's 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 really it's really uh, sensational. And so, you know, sometimes your reputation precedes you, and that can be terrifying. But it's always terrifying. The, the, the difference is is that we just make it look like we we, we do this like it's the easiest thing in the world. But, but that's where the acting comes in. Yeah, not in the character. It comes in the fact that we just kind of give this this. Uh, it's this uh, air of knowing what
1: we're
2: doing. <laughs> yeah, I was just because I, I knew you were in Game of Thrones, and I knew you were in uh, in Star Wars. And you know, I'm just, like I was like I said, I you know I, I I try to do my research on on the people that we have on the show and make sure that like I know everything that they that I can know. And I was like, it was in the Hitman's bodyguard. I was like, oh, that's oh, that's and it clicked for me because i watched it like three or four times it just never clicked for me and so i went and i went back and watched the scenes and i'm like dude i don't know how i don't know how. i, I don't think i could play that, that that part i don't. i don't think i can do it because just samuel jackson is just like do we just shoot you in the head <laughs> you're like like oh yeah i was like that's just it just it just to me it would be so hard because it's this constant it's just so funny it's like dude how can you like pay attention like how could you like get into that character and everything is just everything that happens in that movie is just funny it's like to me it's one of the funniest movies of all time and so it's it's just like i think about you know characters and you know the, the things that you do you know i've done a little bit of directing and stuff and it's you know it's like you get the actor gets into that position, but it's like, dude, like, I can't look at Samuel Jackson after watching that movie without laughing. It's, just, it's just like, every time I see it, man, you just want to laugh. Like how, that would be so difficult. That would be so difficult.
0: It is difficult. <laughs> Sometimes it's very difficult.
3: So I want to ask how you, um, how did you originally like get into acting? What made you want to do it? And then what was kind of, I guess the path you took to get where you are today?
0: Uh, I wasn't. Uh, I didn't enjoy school very much. In fact, I hated it from the moment I had to go to the moment I left.
1: <laughs> I honestly <laughs> did not get
0: with school. When you hear all these people about, I love my school. I love my teachers. It was such the greatest experience of my life, and made such great friends. That was not me. I had. I was. I hated it. I, I was terrified. I. I was thrilled when I didn't have to go in. I just didn't feel like I fitted in um, and that lasted until I found a way in which was drama. I was lucky enough to be able to, to be, to, I had an English teacher who, who did extra curriculum activities you know and one of them was drama and uh, I, found, I found my way to connect with school and that was really what started it. But it was always a hobby. What I really was into was special effects makeup, and that was my thing. So oh. when I used to go to the movies and I, when I was growing up, you know, movies like Alien and uh, American Werewolf <laughs> in, in London, uh,
2: great movies,
0: uh, Evil Dead, these movies were the ones that were the ones that i was i was just a little bit too young to watch but i really wanted to watch them i remember seeing that poster for alien and thinking to myself fuck me this film looks amazing (laughs) but what's what's really interesting for for a child's mind or a a early teenager's mind is that you look at it and you think to yourself that is remark that you know like it leaves you don't because you don't know what it is you haven't seen it your imagination fills in the blanks and the same thing happened with, with all of these movies until uh, uh, videos came along and then we could watch them and that's when I got to see them because obviously we couldn't see them in the cinema we, we, we ended up they became in the UK we had this uh, phenomenon called uh, video nasties and it was around the time of uh, the evil dead being released on video we had this huge backlash by uh, conservative uh, evangelicals who um, we have our very own in the UK who really wanted <laughs> to uh, ban the movies because they, they thought that they would indoctrinate us and ter- turn us into demons. And, and so that was that was something that, of course, as a teenager made you want to watch it even more right. and because we <laughs> had someone working in the video store who didn't really care. We could rent them out, you know, because we knew them, and they didn't, you know, they, right. you know, nowadays things like that, you'd get in so much trouble, you know, be arrested, you know, you know what would happen, but, but back then it was just a little bit like a bit more casual, and and so I got to watch movies that I shouldn't have been watching, and it made me, it didn't scare me, it made me recognize. I just thought to myself, the special effects was amazing, and so I spent all my pocket money buying. Uh, fake blood and uh, prosthetic um, kind of liquid to make skin and I would just make fancy dress. Uh, I used to remember doing uh, Freddy Krueger for my friend for a fancy dress and, I, mm-hmm. and he won the, the fancy dress competition because I did it so well and, and uh, I was obsessed with special effect makeup and so I thought I, that's what I was going to do uh, but in the end I ended up becoming an actor but I think I would like to have been a
2: special effects makeup artist. Well, Dang. we're glad that you're an actor. <laughs> you play some great parts. Thank you. Yeah, that would, I think that that, how can I say this? I've I've always been, like, special effects have always been one of the things. And now with technology, I've done a lot of stuff where, you know, practical, I mean, uh, practical effects, but special effects that you can do. I mean, stuff that you, people can do at home is just, crazy i mean i've actually did videos with me arguing with myself (laughs) um just because it's fun you can do it um so special effects is always something that's that has been one of my key things that i i like as well i I just like how did they make that let me see if i can do it yeah it's always that's always been interesting to me because and aliens is one of my favorite movies right um, when I was younger, other than it scared the hell out of me, like I covered up all the heater vents in my house because I thought the little <laughs> alien thing was going to come out, get on my face and it, it, it scared it pissed my mom off too because she was like, why is it so cold in this house? <laughs> so I had to cover up all the heater vents
3: but, hey, there's uh, some shows that definitely need that kind of stuff I mean, think about Game of Thrones, all the fake blood they had to use <laughs> Star Ooh. Wars, all the costumes holy crap <laughs>
2: That's, But, you know that's one of the things that just blows my mind when it comes to filmmaking, is the things that they can do. It's just like, and it seems like they're just pushing the limits. Like every every time you turn around, there it's a new, there's something new coming out and they're doing something different, something that you've never seen before. And you're like, holy crap, man. How did they, who comes up with these ideas? I know,
0: and it's remarkable, isn't it? It, it really is. is remarkable.
2: And it's just getting better and better and better and better. I think this is, I can imagine what it'll be in a hundred years, but I think right now is somebody, you know, I was born in 77 and how I've seen the progression of things come is just been mind blowing. The things that, and a lot of it, we owe to George Lucas because George Lucas came out with a lot of, you know, especially CGI and all that type of stuff. But just everybody's pushing the bar now every like every movie comes out it's just better than the last one when it comes to special effects and cgi and you know now they're making people that are you know mark hamill's young (laughs) (laughs) again you know like oh, this new way like how did you cover that up he got a whole beard and everything like how did (laughs) y'all make this guy young it's like it's just crazy what they're doing yeah but it it inspires us it really does it inspires me a lot it, it, it really does inspire me to, to keep wanting to push the boundaries of what we do on this podcast what we do, what I do on you know my other podcasts and just on everything from TikTok to Instagram, like what, how can I push the limits on doing something that somebody else isn't doing how can I be creative this is just a, that really right now is the time for the creative this is like with just the internet and everything, the time to be creative is now
0: and it's also because we all have, uh, well, not all of us, but obviously a lot more people have technology in their hands that can do, that can process stuff. You know, you think about what an average iPhone right. uh, or a Samsung phone, the capabilities it has, you know, that you can shoot stuff, you know, but you could shoot a whole movie on it. You could edit a whole movie on it. It's it's remar- remarkable that we have the the ability now to 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 make our own stuff so so it allows us to do stuff that we would never have been able to do because we would have needed equipment borrow the equipment or you know i remember my friend making his first short movie about uh 30 years ago (laughs) and it required a whole lot of fun right raising and a whole lot of um uh, borrowing favors, borrowing equipment, and raising money so you can kind of have stuff just to shoot a 15-minute movie. Now you can do it with a, your the phone that you that I'm talking to you now. It's like it's remarkable. It really is remarkable.
2: You know, it's I've seen some short films there, and they're they're still up on YouTube that were shot entirely with an iPhone and they are remarkable. Like, dude, you would not know that they're not a Hollywood production. You, There's no way you could tell. They had, you know, other than maybe, you know, because the, the acting wasn't that good or whatever, just because these are amateur actors that are trying to get into the industry, but they're good enough that if you, if you wasn't looking for, you know, every little flaw in it, you would never notice. You would think that this was made on a Hollywood budget and it's shot with some iPhones and it's just remarkable what, how much technology has changed over the years. Especially I remember when there wasn't even no such thing as computers.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> even though I remember that.
2: <laughs> like there wasn't no such thing as a computer. Now everybody has a computer in their hand. Like I think the the when I went to when I started I think the fifth grade. It was either fourth or fifth grade. It was the early eighties. No, late eighties. And we went in there and we had computer class like what the hell is this big box <laughs> you know what i'm saying the monitor was no, huge the, 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 it only did like three things all the letters was green you know yeah. it's like there wasn't no color in it at all and to this point where everybody i mean small children walk around with basically a complete production studio phone your phone does everything it, it, it it's, it's remarkable how times have changed and how fast those, they change.
0: Those computers we used when we were at school for computer studies they they, they were the least intuitive machines, and and it really—I don't know about you, but I was I was not that turned on by by doing computer studies. You know, like I was like, <laughs> well,
1: yeah.
0: you what do you mean we've got to do not code? Good, what does you. that mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know. It was
2: crazy because I was probably the least technology person in the world. Like my wife could use a computer. She had to use it at work, stuff like that. And I was like, other than playing, you know, some some solitaire on the computer, I didn't know how to do anything. (laughs) It literally took me, when I first started doing social media and stuff about 10 years ago, it literally took me probably two years of watching YouTube videos and stuff to learn how to do everything that I know how to do today and I still go watch videos because I mean you can learn how to do anything on YouTube to get me to a point where I was proficient in video and audio and and social media and stuff like that I I was I probably I probably watched at least 10,000 hours of YouTube videos learning how to do everything that I know how to do now and I'm still like way way down compared to what a lot of other people know how to do I just got a new phone and I still don't know how to work it <laughs> I've had it for like three weeks and I still don't know how to work this thing cause every year they come out with an upgrade and you go get the upgrade and it's completely different than the phone that you had the last year, the last time you're like man, I don't know how to work nothing on here I can't even call nobody like push this button until something happens
1: <laughs>
2: but it's uh it's just and you as being an actor and being in the industry for you know uh, quite a bit of time now, how things have changed and the things that, okay, this is what you're going to do. And you're like, hey, wait a minute, wait, that, that's not how you do stuff. <laughs> that got to be very intimidating sometimes with the new yeah. technology that they're using.
0: Yeah, I've never done a lot of green screen, blue screen stuff. Uh, uh, most of it has been, even the stuff that I have done, uh, I remember shooting something for Walking with Beasts. Which was a, a show all about you know recreating uh, the life of dinosaurs, pre- prehistoric creatures, uh, like a documentary. Uh, I remember they flew us all the way to Alaska to shoot this stuff, um, and I, I was I was out in Alaska. I was had full full uh, neo, uh, full um, prosthetic. Uh, I looked like a, basically a, a Neanderthal. And you wouldn't have recognized me. I was in a full prosthetics, you know, like eight hour job. yeah it was it was it was fantastic but we were out in alaska and the reason we were in alaska was because it was supposed to represent the end of the ice age and uh, there was some freak weather conditions and the snow had all melted so they were shoveling snow from one area to another area and we could have filmed it in scotland because there was more snow in scotland than there was in oh, alaska we flew flown all the way to alaska but it was an amazing experience but the reality is that you um, you know, you, you 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 know, I got hit by a woolly mam a woolly rhino, rhino, uh, and I had to do this bungee thing. So they tied me to a bungee, and I had to run as fast as I could. And when I hit the, the the appropriate mark, they pinged it so that I would jump in the air, and it would look like I got hit by the rhino. And obviously, they were going to put the rhino in in post production, right. but it was just the bungee, you know, that that snap. <laughs> when you run to the extent of the bungee before you just start flying of, backwards, yeah, and and so 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 he did that over and over again, and uh, there was you know, and that that is the extent of, of the, the technological advances. <laughs> I'm just going to switch on the light cause it's getting a bit dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there we go, that's better. Um and uh, But most of the time, everything I do is quite, you know, just me and a couple of actors. You know, I've never done anything particularly action-packed where I, you know, I'm, I'm having to, I don't know. You always think about those kind of shots in Star Wars where they're in the fighter pilot, you know, the fighter pilots yeah, and uh... they're pretending to be in a, in a gun battle and they're just in a little cockpit having to <laughs> pretend, you know, like a child. I mean that that kind of stuff
2: I haven't done, but I would I would love to do that one day because well, we that is we you know. Awesome. We hope we get to see you in some stuff like that. I mean that would be that would be awesome. There's a, I don't know it just. I think that sometimes the CGI stuff is is a little bit overdone, and it takes away from the actors and that feeling. I noticed that a lot of stuff that I, I've been watching. Even in Star Wars, it's it's been so CGI driven and that it, it takes away from the acting, it takes away from the story. And I think that they that's something that they should try to get back into a little bit more. Get back let the actors give us the feelings that we that we're supposed to have, not this giant beast that's just destroying cities or whatever. Because the actor is the one that that, that causes you to have that emotional connection to a lot of people don't understand it. And, and this is something that I just realized a few years ago that you get, a you get stuck to an actor in the show. That's who you're really following. You're not following the whole show. You're following that actor. You want to know what that actor's going to do. And everybody has a different actor in every show that they, they like and, or that they connect well with that character. And so it's really the actor that's giving you that emotional feeling. It's not the entire story, it's that whatever that actor is going through. And then they, when they throw in so much CGI and, and practical effects and, and, and digital effects and stuff, it sometimes it takes away from that. So I think that's why I wanted your character in Game of Thrones was so connective, you know, you could connect with you so much is because it was just you and her, you were training her and... It was you, and it—that's it, it, why people connected to you so well, and that's why everybody was so upset when you died. <laughs> everybody was like, "Oh my God!" You know, how, how could he die? Because they were connecting to you, to your character, which is a—that's that's how it's supposed sto- to be.
0: Yeah, good storytelling has to be like, what is the story? Like, you think about, you know, the very first, uh, you know, A New Hope, and you think about that—that that every character, you know, the, the arrival of of the droids, the arrival of Darth Vader, um, the, the introduction of uh, Luke. Uh, every character had was so clearly defined, there was a kind of um, something so vivid that uh, they were unforgettable, every single one. Ben Kenobi you know Han Solo I mean the list goes on over and over and each cameo and it was there was no um, throwaway characters I think we kind of lost the the art of writing uh, characters uh, in a in a in a really immediate way and I and I don't know why that is I don't know what has happened but I think um, We've got we've got worse at writing action films instead of better. There are still a few, there are still a few. Like I think they did do a good job of the Avengers films. I think the the way that the that that whole uh, stuff was plotted. You know, the idea of introducing right. Thanos and all of that kind of stuff, and the the overarching arc of those films to the conclusion of you know Endgame that I think that was a remarkable achievement because it felt that felt worth it that felt like a good story to tell and yet it was of course it was full of CGI of course it was full of special effects of course it was full of huge set pieces but because they'd taken their time we kind of were invested in these characters so when Tony Stark does that thing at the end it's like it's devastating because yeah, can...
2: it broke everybody's heart <laughs> yeah like oh well, wow, tony star iron man is dead oh really
0: yeah and it's yeah. really good and that's why also the film the penultimate film um uh what was it what was the the the, the film before um In, the... infinity wars yeah infinity wars this is why again that that's devastating as well, the fact that it ends with Thanos getting to do what he needs to do so these, these it's, it's also you need an element of surprise you know, we need if, if you don't really believe in the peril, then it doesn't matter
1: right. it doesn't
0: matter that, that much and that that's the, the bottom line is that you've got to kind of it's got to matter, it's got to matter mm-hmm. to the audience as well as to the characters in that story, and that is why that's why if you get it right, you really, you really get it right. But I think people get a bit lazy. I think also, I think uh, people uh, very risk risk-adver- risk adverse. Yeah. If you know what I mean, it's like it's like where they would normally take a risk. Nowadays, everyone is like, you know, watching their wallets and thinking, is this going to be a, is this going to be a flop? Is this going to? I mean, there's no rhyme or reason. You know, there there is no there's no magic formula for making a hit. Everyone thinks there is. Every time you, every time something happens, like Game of Thrones, for example, everyone goes fantasy. That's the next big thing. Make, right. let's make more fantasy. But it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. It's not. It's not about it being fantasy. It's about, you know, you think about the how many young new actors you'd never seen before, and you thought to yourself, Wow, I don't know. Maybe we should have a big, a few big, big names in this thing, but. You don't need it if you're if the casting is good, you know. But the casting has to be good. It has to it has to, you know. That's why Nina Gold, when it, whatever she casts, is always going to be good because she's she's a good caster. She she gets the right people. Yeah. Well, I, and she does her homework, you know. She really does, and also she sees hundreds of people.
2: And I completely agree with you because when they were making the movies for Avengers and all that stuff. You had each character, so people got they were connected to that character if it was Tony Stark or if it was um, Captain America, that that character they connected to and then they built up to all of them coming together for the Avengers. And it just it, it worked great because you were connected to that character. You had something in common or you felt some way about that character so it was still character driven instead of so instead of right. the story driven as much you was connected to that character so you followed the story instead of following the story uh-huh. because the story you was connected to that can that character because really like the, the pain and, and suffering that you know captain america was going through because I, I think that's the character that i was probably most connected to was he was dead like times change, you know he comes back and he's like okay well he wasn't really dead he was frozen but you know he comes back and you know times have changed and I think that a lot of older people connected with that because how much times have changed it's like dude stuff that you know when I was a kid you know you can't even do anymore you know what I'm it, it doesn't even <laughs> exist and yeah. you're like what yeah. happened and I think that's mm-hmm. the, the why I connected with that character so much when I was watching and it's I think it has a lot to do with why I connected so much with Han Solo in the sequel, well, in in seven because they, you know, they kind of killed him off. But I connected with that because it's like you got a kid that you don't relate to, and I got four kids, and I don't think I relate to any of them very well. Um, and just the way times has changed, and you know, things ain't the same as they used to be. So the character was—you could connect to the character so much. And I think that that's what they're lacking in, in storytelling nowadays is, is there's a lot of the movies and stuff, you just can't connect with the characters. And it's like, okay, what's what's going on? And then they just dump a bunch of CGI in front of you, make it you know big, flashy, and a lot of stuff going on. And it's like, where's the story? Where's the, where's the what's going on? Like, what's happening? You know, like
3: for, I could- For me, it just seems like it's just, the stories are just a bit more shallow uh Instead of stories being the main focus stories and characters being the main focus and requiring depth and thought and uh, empathizing with what the characters are feeling and going through and telling a message and a story through that, I feel like a lot of uh, a lot more movies nowadays are becoming a little bit more shallow, easier to digest, not as not as engaging. It can still be bright and flashy and exciting, but not as not as deep, I guess. Does that make sense?
0: <laughs> of course it does. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot now. This, has there been a movie you've, you've watched recently that did that you did really like recently? Oh. Uh,
2: Top Gun Maverick.
0: Ah, uh, you like know, I was one. going to say that because
3: I <laughs> That's haven't it, seen actually. it actually.
2: Top Gun Maverick. I haven't
0: seen it yet. But
2: oh, I, you got to watch it.
0: Everyone I have spoken to, to a man, woman, and child, have all had the same re- reaction. There were those, obviously, that were excited that they'd made it. But then there's a whole bunch of us who are like, ah, they made a sequel to Top Gun. How good is it going to be? And they all were surprised by <laughs> how much they that, loved that it.
2: That was
3: me. It that, was actually really good. That was <laughs> me. The,
0: the majority of people that went to the cinema, because I think everyone... I mean, it, was, it turned into an enormous hit. And I well, could have bet it. I could have put money on the fact that it was just going to go nowhere. but. That Tom Cruise, he's a money-making machine. He he knows what he's doing when it comes to movie making.
2: They, what got me with it was I was one of those people. Like, dude, they're, they're going to ruin Top Gun. They're coming out with a, a sequel. It's been, you know, it came out in 1984, 85, whenever it came out. They waited all these years. That it's gonna, They're going to ruin it. Just leave it alone. It's Top Gun. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. Leave it alone. <laughs> they, they, you can't yeah. make it. Everybody knows the sequel is never as good as the first one.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
2: And then I watched it. Well, Garrison and, and our other co host He he wasn't able to come on today because he had a wedding to go to, and uh, or a writing rehearsal for his sister. But they're they're talking about how good it is. I'm like, man, you guys are young. You guys you don't even really (laughs) remember the first one, you know? So finally I sat down and I watched it and it blew my mind. I was like, dude, if it's not as good as the first one, it's better. It just had, it had everything that you would want in a movie. It had that suspense. It had, like you said, that, 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 um, that just quick You know them surprises you didn't know what was going to happen he was on constant he was he was just like the con everybody was against him you know the 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 new pilots the 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 old people you know all the old people everybody was against him. he wasn't going to be able to fly no more just everything that was happening to him and boom it just completely made everything every turn was a surprise Every turn was something that would just captivated you and just kept, to the point that I had to go to the bathroom for the last hour that I was watching it. And I had I could have just hit pause, but I didn't want to stop watching it because I wanted to see what was going to happen next. I, and there was I mean there was some special effects and stuff in there, but it wasn't like super special effecty. It was story driven. It was character driven, and it just made for such a good movie that it. And like I said, I can't say that it was better than the first one, but I can't say that it was worse than the first one. It was like equal to the first one, if not better. And it just, it, it captivated me. And I it's been a long time. I think the last movie that truly captivated me like that, and which was, I'd have to say... The last movie that really captivated me like that was probably Avatar, just because Mm, it was so different. It was just so, it was so different that it just made me, well, I just wanted to watch it. And then probably before that, it was The Matrix, just because it was so different. And it just, like I said, it's them surprising moments that happen over and over in the story that you don't ever know what's going to happen. You cannot guess what's going to happen next. And that's the type of thing that you that you want to feel when you're watching a movie. You want to feel excited. And that's what it offered.
0: It's exactly, it's a really good, that's... Carl, that's really interesting what you just said because I think those two movies I have the same feeling about Avatar and The Matrix The Matrix when I first saw it, it literally blew my mind I was like wow this is an amazing movie the, the, interestingly with Avatar I remember going to see it in 3D at the cinema when it first came out and I was like okay this kind of looks pretty," but I feel like I, that the 3D got in the way and then I watched it again a year later at the cinema without the 3D and I fell in love with it and now whenever it comes on TV I watch it no matter how many times and I, I'm not the kind of person that watches movies over and over again but, but with Avatar it doesn't matter what the mood I'm in well, as soon as I start watching it it transports me yeah. and it, it I get so involved in the story even though I know exactly from moment to moment what's going to happen I can't stop watching it. It's the same feeling I have when I watch uh The Godfather. The Godfather again. I always go these are long movies. I'm not going to sit and watch it. 3 hours later I'm like this. Like script, <laughs> like I've never seen it before. And that was just and, and, that's and the it, power of a good movie.
2: And it comes you know and it comes back down to the acting, the story. You got to have good acting and good story. If you don't have them two things all the CGI stuff, cause you know, Avatars and Matrix are just both of them. They're just filled with CGI stuff. The whole movies are CGI. But it never becomes so distracting that it takes away from the acting and the story. The acting was excellent in it and the story was excellent. And that's what makes it
0: And that ruthless that ruthless sergeant is yeah. so, so good, oh,
1: very
0: that good. He makes you you know it, it, that kind. That's the kind of thing. It, it's actually a very simple storytelling. It's not complicated. There. In fact, I I think that James Cameron uses the same story over and over again and just mixes it up a bit. <laughs> but the the, the the but those moments, you it's like uh, they they're like they they're out of stone. Like they will yep. never ever. Uh, stop having the, the the effect that they need to have. You know, that whole thing of um, having an excellent uh, unstoppable bad guy. You know, but you've got to believe that they will go to any lengths to get what they want, and that's what makes them dangerous, and that's what makes you Love watching them because you just think any moment they're gonna they're gonna do the thing that they they want to do. You know you don't ever you know the last thing you want is a bad guy who you don't really believe is 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 going to do what he's going to do. That's a terrible mistake to have in a movie or in a story. You've got to they've got to be dangerous. The other thing is that you have a moment of crisis, like something terrible happens that you have to then overcome. And he has those always in his movies, but they're fantastic. And it, and it you know, it, it, it's it's it doesn't matter that he recycles his his storyline, his storylines or his his um, um, then mean, they kind of, yeah, that kind of art or the archetypal right. storytelling yeah. that he does, you know, because it's always uh, it, it always works and we believe it and the most important thing is that you need to just believe it and if you believe it you're just going to enjoy it.
2: I was watching the uh, it's a documentary on filmmaking I can't remember the name of it right now um, but that was one of the things that was, that was said and I think it was said by Scorsese said it he said you don't cast a movie based on the hero you cast a movie based on the po- the protagonist once you got him, the who's gonna be the bad guy? Who's gonna be the, 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 the evil you know, person that you just hate? Then you cast around him, and that's how you make a great movie. And that's I didn't hilarious. get it when years ago, but as watching movies and seeing like, the bad guy has to be a good bad guy. If the bad guy is not a good bad guy, then everybody else kinda doesn't really matter because you're not going to be invested into the, the movie because you want to see the hero beat the bad guy but if he's not a good bad guy it's like this is going to be easy for him why am i even watching this it the the protagonist or the situation that is that the evil because there's sometimes there's just not a bad guy because i mean you got armageddon which is a great movie and it's the meteorite flying in but it's that it's that evil that's gonna happen that's gonna destroy yeah, everything yeah. and ruin everything that captivates you in the story yeah. if you don't have that you might as well just chalk it up and that's what I've noticed over the years of watching movies and stuff I mean come on there's a reason that Emperor Palpatine and Darth Vader were so you know they're probably the greatest bad guys of all time because they were it wasn't the, it was the entire galaxy it wasn't just you know your your country or you know your kid or something it was the entire galaxy that they were conquering and taking over and and it was just they were so bad that it made them the greatest bad guys of all time could you imagine watching star wars with no darth vader like, <laughs> it would be like, dude, what is what is happening? This is garbage. I don't want to watch this. Darth Vader made Star Wars what Star Wars was. And I think that's where one of the one of the places that, you know, that made it so good because they had this good bad guy. They had Darth Vader. And then they stuck an even more bad guy behind him. Like, because at first, he didn't know anything about. In New Hope, you didn't know anything about, really about the, the Emperor, the Palpatine. Like, he was like... You really? When I think, what they brought him up like once, you know. It, but right. then they made it even better because now he got a worse bad guy. Like Willie really is worse than Darth Vader. Oh, this guy's just really the bad guy.
0: So I, true. It's so true. And to introduce him the way that they introduce him, you know, that first time when you see him and he, you know, boards the 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 the, the, the ship. And I think it's kind of quite bold I reckon thinking about it I bet at the time it was really I bet a lot of people were like seriously you've got the the, the, the main antagonist the bad guy is going to be in a mask and he's going to be rasping
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like you could imagine some people going is that really a good idea but you know it's a brilliant idea you know the, the mystery of him you know, with obviously the the awesome voice and the ability to choke you just by pinching his fingers. That, that, <laughs> a, that, that, that was horrifying. That, yeah, that that is what it's all about. And so, yeah, I completely agree with you, uh, Kyle. I think uh, that I think these things are are really important. And to be surprised, ultimately, you know, you don't want to know where you're going. You're going to go in a story. You need to, 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 and also, you know, even when you, ha- when you know the story, if a film is well made, if a story is well told, you can watch that movie again and again and again, and it doesn't matter how many times you, you know, watch those moments, and you know that they're coming, they will still surprise you, or they will still give you the same, you know, that kind of buzz because you know it's going to happen because of how it's directed or how, how it pulls you along you know in the way in, in the way that that, that director is, has decided to 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 show you that story and and that that's real skill real skill i always take my hat off to directors and writers who can create that it's
2: when when you break down the sequence of things, even if you know what's gonna, cause there's like movies that I'll go back, like Aliens. You know, we talked about aliens. I still can go back and watch aliens and I will still see something that I did not see when I originally watched it, and it recreates the whole story for me again. It's that surprise. I wanna be surprised. I wanna be so enthused and, and then when the surprise happened, I jump and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe that, that just happened when a when a director or a writer can can continuously do that that's what just draws you in and you you just can't help but to watch it i agree so it's
3: that was, that was spooky <laughs> uh, come, dark and
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you know it, it's that it's that emotional movies is about your emotions i've always believed this Movies are about your emotions. You know, even with us being on this podcast, you know, we we try to get people laughing and having fun and being interested in the things that we're talking about. So, you know, when we're sitting down and we're coming up with the different themes, you know, what's going to what is going to to capture a person's ability to want to watch? Because, I mean, there's a thousand podcasts out there. They can go watch any one of them or listen to any one of them. What are we going to do this different? What are we? And one of the things is we're just outrageous. We just do outrageous shit. Yeah, Most sure. people don't cuss on their podcast. Like, no, we're gonna come on here. We're just gonna be ourselves. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna talk about things that nobody else is, that talks about. That's what the restrictiveness that uh, that Hollywood and you know entertainment and everything puts on everybody anymore. It. I think Joe Rogan said it the best. He said, "When you start trying to put a cap on creativity." that's when you ruin creativity. And that's just something that sparked with me. You have to be able to be creative. This is not, we're not being serious. We're just having a good time. We're talking about something that we love and we care about. And we have fun doing it. If you're not gonna have fun doing it, ain't no point in doing it. And I think that that's one of the things that when you got a real good writer and a real good director and real good cast and that people are caring about the story and everything, it shows it really shows and when you take that away and you start like you said you know kind of having that restricted on we're not gonna we're not gonna take that risk because you know money or or creative process or i don't think we can do that or whatever the situation may be it ruins the movie it ruins the story and it it draws you away from the characters that you're trying to you're trying to get to learn this character, you're trying to relate to the character, and you can't relate to a character that's holding back. You just
0: can't. And you've got to think about how much process is gone through, even before one single frame is shot. Like the pre-production of a movie, of getting it made, of getting directors in place, getting actors in place. A producer who understands the director so is going to trust them to make the movie their way there's so much process the amount of writers they get through they they start with an original script and then it ends up kind of being changed and someone gets involved like it's amazing that any movie is successful in any way because of the, (laughs) the levels of of process and people sticking their fingers in you know you think Okay, surely you know. What was that expression? Too many chefs spoil the broth. Yep. So there is a, a, a tendency that that you know, the more the people that get involved who have an opinion, the worse it's going to be. But but uh, you know, it's the process is, is is a is a very very intricate, complicated, long-winded. Process and it's an amazing feat that any movie gets made because it sometimes you just think I don't know how people manage it. You know, like getting a movie just to, to the st- stage of of filming it is is a is a, a remarkable feat in itself. But you know, it requires a lot of people who are willing to trust each other because if you don't trust the person that is that you know is being created, you will end up uh alienating them because you will want to to do if, if you don't trust their vision you will kind of start you know giving your advice and saying maybe we should do this and maybe you know there's there's a very famous um, producer in in london theater who who is for um, for whether you whether you like his work or not the, the, the stuff that he puts on stage he is a, a brilliant mind when it comes to understanding what makes a successful theatre show and what doesn't. And I remember a friend of mine was directing for him and he was doing a West End show and he said, do you want this show to make you a millionaire? He he asked him this question and the director was like a bit taken aback and he was like "Um, I I guess it would be great. You know, he said, do you want it to make you (laughs) a millionaire? You have to tell me whether that is what you want because if you want that we will change the show into a show that makes you a millionaire otherwise keep it like this you'll get great reviews but I guarantee you it will be closed by the end of the year <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he's right
0: he was right <laughs> yeah. but it's a choice you know because there are ways of of of, um, of you know putting the stuff in putting the the, the little details in that will kind of get the you know it's very easy to manipulate people audiences in Mm -hmm. the theatre in the same way it's very easy to manipulate human beings you know like you just need you know the right charismatic person to kind of like but so, so the, the reality is that, that that is what the creative process is like. So it can always get interfered with because money is always an issue. Because, you know, it's not as simple as, you know, do you want to be a, a millionaire? I mean, this is a, a ridiculous example, what I just gave you, but it's not as simple as, do you want to be a millionaire or not? It's, But it is about, do you make commercial commercially successful work? or do you stick to your guns and you tell your story right. and make it on your terms? Because there can be a difference.
3: Oh, uh, big time, yeah.
0: Because, of course, sometimes things get taken up. Small independent movies suddenly get get picked up. They're found at a festival everyone talks about them. They get a general release. Everyone wants to go and see them. They become successful. They end, they win an Oscar. You know, there, there is that. Mm. But the majority of the time, people are looking... Using that magic formula, thinking that if we do this and this and this, surely people will come and see this, this, uh, this story. I find it fascinating. I, I'm so glad I'm just an actor. I don't have to deal with all that bullshit. But uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's I have just... to say, it's, it's fascinating. I Like I don't
2: watch it. I just got done watching that um that documentary on Vice TV about uh, Star Wars and. I don't know how directors do it. I I don't. I mean, they put George in the hospital when he was making New Hope cuz it was it was just so so much stress. There's just so much going on and you're trying to tell your story and you're trying to direct everybody and try to get everybody to do what they what you want them to do and and people want to argue and people want to, you know, do all this other stuff. It's like, "No, I, I, I don't think yeah. I could do it." I mean, it's and the little like stuff
3: the, It's like the fine line between doing it for the art and doing it for the business, you know? Like Yeah. <laughs>
2: You have to get. It just yeah, seems way too I mean, stressful. Yeah, there's going
3: to be
0: a. I guarantee you you've got people from the studio or from somewhere who who have influence, right. saying, you know, do you, are you sure you want to do it like that? Is that really how you're going to do it? You know, mm-hmm. imagine you've got to be pretty strong, strong-willed, and strong-minded to to to, to handle that kind of that kind of uh, interference. I know. shot
2: a short film. It took eight hours to shoot it. It was real short. It was only less than five minutes long. And directing that and trying to get everybody to do it, it, it was like one of the most stressful days of my entire life. Like, dude, this is just so much harder than what it seems like that they, that they want to do. it. it was literally like a five-minute long, and we shot it. It took us about eight hours to shoot everything, get all the footage and everything. And then after it was cut down, it was only like five. It was like a micro short. And I'm like, dude, this is like the most, like, that was like the most stressful day ever. Like just to get five minutes of footage, eight hours. Like oh, it was it was terrible. But we got it done and it, it did pretty well. So I mean I I can't complain too bad. But it was just one of those things that like I was like oh man, and I and I want to do more of them because it's like very addictive um, when you do them. And I've done longer ones, but they they were a lot. The story was a lot less driven than in that five minute one and i have other ones that i want to do the hard part is just where i live you know i live in a college town you think there would be a lot more people that want to you know do some acting but i can't find no actors nowhere here
0: you're kidding me (laughs) where where are you from kyle where are you living originally
2: i'm from california but right now i live in columbia missouri where uh um mizzou is at we could
0: have have sort that out because there's there's bound to be actors but we, we need to get them from underneath wherever they're hidden. Yeah,
2: well, Dude, you I would, would think in a like, college town. Yeah. That sounds fun. You know, I put out some stuff on the city web page and, and their Facebook and stuff, and just nobody responded. So I'm like, all right, you know, I got tired of asking. But it's Well, like, listen, uh, if
0: I, when, whenever I get, I'm going to get asked now, whenever I get asked, I'm going to say, if there are any actors <laughs> in Missouri, got to get wow. in touch. I'm pretty sure
2: there's people in St. Louis and, and Kansas City, because I live right in the middle of St. Louis and Kansas City. That's where Columbia is at. And uh, I'm pretty sure I can find people in St. Louis and Kansas City. But I'm like trying to find some local people here, some people that, you know, we need to reshoot something or something goes wrong or something. Everybody's right here yeah, in the, in the town. And I'm like, dude, the reason yeah. I moved here is because it's a college town. That's one of the reasons I moved here was it's a college town. I should be able to do stuff. There should be, you know, young actors that are trying to get into the industry. And that's a good way. You know, you should. That's where you start. it. You start off shooting short films and, and doing, you know, like they don't even have like a, they have one film festival here a year. And it's like real little. And it's like, what this is like, what is going on? Like, this is just not which I moved here from Denver, Colorado, which is huge. And, you know, there's people doing stuff everywhere it's one of those things i'll get it done sooner or later i'll find some people i have basically i have two short films one's going to be about 22 minutes and the other one will roughly be about 30 30 minutes and they're both star wars based that i got written
3: musical in high school
2: that's all i got okay so we do a thing on our show at the end of Every single one of our shows, where we do is the Star Wars Impossible quiz. Now, it's in the Star Wars, yeah, I don't even think George <laughs> Lucas knows the answer. I think the only person that might know the answers to all these questions is Dave Filoni because everybody keeps telling me Dave Filoni knows everything there is to know about Star Wars. So we're trying to get Dave on the show because I'm like, I bet you I can stump you, but we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah,
1: so with I'm the
2: Impossible quiz, nobody knows the answers to these questions ever. I mean, I didn't even know them when I wrote them. So and if you don't know the answer, you just say something funny. That's that's the key word, just say something funny. Because a lot of times I don't even know who these characters are. Like, who is this character?
3: No.
2: So just say, come up with something funny. So it's 10 questions. We're going to run through them right now. You want to hit the button, Garrison? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I wasn't ready.
3: That's my bad. Stop right there, you rebel scum. Prepare
2: yourself for the Star
3: Wars Impossible Queen.
2: Blast them. <laughs> Okay. There we go. So question number one. Who was Aurora Singh's Jedi Master? Uh
0: <laughs> a, a, what, a what?
2: Jedi Master? <laughs> Aurora Singh. The right? bounty hunter we, Aurora Singh scene Who was her time Jedi time. Master?
3: Uh, I dude, I don't know. That's like I don't even
2: know who these characters are. <laughs> no, I did most most did. people don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. Like, dude, I,
3: I, dude, I, I, don't know.
2: Okay, so the answer is: seen was taken to the moon, taken off from the moon, by a Jedi known as the Dark Woman and trained on Coruscant. Her
3: that's name a is just a dark the Dark Woman. The Dark Woman. That's not the a dark Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> <Are you sure? laughs>
2: she was took her back to Coruscant and trained. So I was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I said, that's a good one. Okay. I love that. I love that Dark Woman. Yeah. Bueno. yeah.
0: Why not? Why not?
2: Okay, and that came out of the encyclopedia. So whoever this dark woman is, I guess she was a Jedi.
0: She wrote her Wikipedia entry, that's what she wrote.
2: Yeah, she wrote, she wrote it. <laughs> who were the Sith?
3: Who were the Sith?
2: Yeah.
3: Wait, that's the question? What was yeah. the Sith?
2: Who, who were it's, the Sith?
0: The Sith were, were a, 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 like a cult of... Um, of people who could use the force, but but decided to use it in a particularly a non uh, non generous ways. Maybe is the <laughs> best way to put it.
3: Yeah, are you talking? But I'm of, sure like, that sounds like, like a the Sith like bad guys you're talking about the species kyle
2: okay there you now you're getting closer garrison Uh, ah
0: so the
3: sith were actually a
0: a particular kind of person it had nothing to do with what they believed in
3: at first they were a species and then they got adopted into being like a following yeah
2: so so okay here goes here goes what the encyclopedia says the sith were a species that were native to the planet they were characterized by their dark red skin and facial tendrils
3: okay yeah.
2: so they had red skin and they had things dangling off their face
3: like like Davy Jones in the Pirates
2: of <laughs> the Caribbean <they're> <laughs> hey, that's a good one okay we all have heard about the new show called the Acolyte who were the Sith Acolytes
3: uh, they were like followers like of the dark side that were like more <laughs> sensitive, like just devotees to the Sith religion.
0: Yeah, that's pretty close. Ah, oh, so the, uh, the, 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 bad, the bad fools, not yes. the good fools. So what yeah. the encyclopedia
2: <laughs> says, acolytes were dark, so- dark sorcerers and priests, practitioners living, living sacrifices and based on deception. So that's Ooh, who the yeah. Sith acolytes <laughs> were. So, like Which, good. so we've been on here for, you know, weeks now talking about the Acolyte coming out and talking about Acolyte means Sith Apprentice and that's not what it means. So we were wrong, our bad. That's
0: okay. not true. That's, yeah, that's not, not true. true. <laughs> Maybe you're, you, you're reading it from the encyclopedia. So you
2: can't I'm reading it from the Star Wars encyclopedia. Damn,
0: then. They're just making it up as they go along.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: hey, we thought they were, like, I,
2: I was always under the impression, the impression that the sith acolyte was their apprentice that was the apprentice to the soul Darth Vader was a sith acolyte to Palpatine but that's not the truth so okay. we might not be the acolyte series that comes out might not be about a sith apprentice so it might be about these dark sorceress priest people okay, okay why were snowtroopers able to work in sub-zero weather as we've seen during the battle of Hoth
3: they had really thick coats. <laughs> no in half coats. They looked like regular stormtroopers,
2: except they had them long helmets.
3: Yeah, dude. They got like not... warm insulation. <laughs> That's kind of right. That. Oh, OK.
0: I, I just thought it's because they were they were dumber than most stormtroopers.
1: <laughs> 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 the,
0: that could probably be the part too the, the cold weather. <laughs> they, were they still so can dumb. shoot
2: nothing. <laughs> um Actually, on, cause, okay, so the answer is beneath the, the snow troopers' light armor was a pair of durable heated pants and a shirt.
0: They had heated shirts and
2: heated oh, pants. Nice. That
1: nice. Like, I didn't know well,
0: that. I would have, I would have. So, you got an impost. you got it right. I, I didn't
2: even know that Garrison. they wore anything under there yeah, before I, I, I wrote said, the like, question.
3: Fancy- technology Carl. I deserve that point
0: yeah. <laughs> okay
2: I'll give you I that think one
3: got to, I mean it's close closest if we're
0: ever gonna get to one point this <laughs> okay
2: question number five how long was Han Solo encased in carbonite oh,
3: shoot. five years now that seems excessive
2: yeah, that's a long time five years holy crap I say two.
3: almost years, a two year because it's enough time for like Luke to like get the new hand and become a Jedi, yeah. not a punk anymore. So like two, three years.
2: How's that? Actually, Melto's got it right about one about year me. or so. Yep. Really? Yep. Wow. About one year or so.
3: I'm an idiot. I'm afraid that. that I,
0: I would love to say that it's because I knew it, but it's kind of a guess.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time when people do get it right, it's a guess. Because it <laughs> it's, it's a guess. Yeah, I was like, I thought I was like Garrison when I first read the the thing. I was like, that can't be right, man. He had to be like Luke became a Jedi, had got his hand, they, they, they gave the droids to Jabba. You know, the Princess Leia came and tried to get him out the whole time that uh that um uh what's his face was you know got involved into the organization and all the stuff. It had to be more than a year. They only took him a year to do that. That seems like a little bit quick but I guess that's right. That's what the encyclopedia said. Okay, question number six. What was the other name for the space lug that Han flew into, Han flew the Falcon into during the Empire Strikes Back?
3: Oh, crap, I know this. Uh, rock eater, rock
1: eater.
3: Ro- <laughs> uh, oh, no. golly, I don't remember, dude.
2: And this is like weird because i don't know where they came up with this name at but you know this is george lucas that we're talking about he just named stuff stuff it's called an exo girth I- <laughs> yeah like an exo like what? where did you come so up with this good. name Exogirth. okay it's a good name question number seven during the battle of naboo the droids flew a small repulsor lift vehicle Designed to carry a single Trade Federation battle droid around, what were they called?
3: Oh, I know it's like the one that like uh, Qui Gon, like deflects and beats, right?
2: Yeah, like the little thing that they just riding on. It kind of it's like a kind of yeah, looks yeah, like yeah. A, a flying. has
3: them in like in Battlefront. Uh, St. Eleven or something? No, T. No.
1: Just, no, 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 hold on. Garrison, do I am it, so
3: impressed. This is impressive it by itself. Battlefront. Hold on. <sighs> uh, uh, I don't remember. Okay. It's going to be some weird acronym with some numbers. Yep.
2: It's not even got no numbers in it. It's called a no? STAP. Stop. S-T-A-P. Single Trooper Aerial Platform. STAP. <laughs> Stap. I was like really A stat That's what they called it A stat Not even like Like flying something A stat Okay question number 8 What was the name That was given To Han Solo's Little organized or Little organization On Abdu 3 From the Cloud Riders
3: From the Cloud
2: We talked round. about One of the well, members before
3: <laughs> The Cloud Riders Smugglers are us
2: <laughs> that, that would be that would be a good name but that's not it that's
3: it they were
2: actually called the
3: star hoppers the star hoppers okay that's actually kind of cool i don't mind that
2: can you name any of the members of the star hoppers other than han solo and chewbacca because you know they're, they're in there.
3: luke star hopper it's no. like skywalker but
2: it's a... it's <laughs> it's that's guy. funny but though <laughs> so, so you had talk we to actually to talk to talked to about one of the what other characters i know
3: huh Mando Calrissian.
2: Mando. Nope. Uh, that was a good guess. It was a good
3: Black guess,
2: Kersantan. but no. no. Black Kersantan. Nope. Black tried to kill him.
3: I don't know.
1: All
0: right. But, the
2: answer who, who is... So you
0: got. Oh, Go ahead. Woody Har- Harrelson's character uh, in, uh, in the solo. What was his name? Uh,
2: what is his name?
0: Hold on.
2: I don't remember what his name
3: remember... is. My brain just. Tobias Beckett.
2: Yeah, no, that's not it. Okay. Okay, here goes the answers. You got Han Solo, Chewbacca, Jackson, Amaza, Don Juan, Quixote, Haji, no, I feel like Key. Jim Starkiller Kid, and FE9Q. What the fuck? <laughs> Jim Starkiller Kid? I, I love that. I yeah. want
0: him to have a TV show.
2: Just
3: that's him. the dopest name.
2: How many like, times they are they, they gonna use the Star Killer for some? You got Star Killer bass, you got Star Killer in their video game, you got the Star Killer kid. There's so many Star Killers in like everybody's Star a Star Killer. killer. Kid. Only the person killer I knew character. other than Han Solo and Chewbacca was Jackson, the Rabbit. Remember we yeah, talked I, about I'm, the Rabbit, Jackson the Rabbit that was part of their crew. Okay, I'm, I'm, now this I'm is y'all singer, might get this one. Marvel I made Star this Marvel. one real easy. What was the name of the weapon on the Death Star that blew up Alderaan? What was the name of that weapon
3: the, i thought it was just the de-
2: <laughs> so was the death star, star the whole thing the actual shooting thing had a name what was this name
3: a laser
2: that's part the, of it ca-
0: there's something cannon the it was something, it was something laser oh this the super laser. laser well then it's got the the star killer laser the the
3: the laser, the
2: super bad laser, the amazing laser. <laughs> Actually, it was called the super laser. Hey! <laughs> right. Like really, y'all My named it the super laser? The
3: laser. kid, but
2: <laughs> the super laser, which I think Star Killer based laser was way better than than the Death Star laser. It super blew up five planets at one time. Oh,
1: well, that's good.
2: Super did you know that the actual laser on the Death Star could could only shoot one time every twenty four hours?
3: I like that, that makes sense.
2: But on the second make Death make it Star, it could yet. charge in every few minutes.
3: Oh that's. A, oh yeah, that's right, because it's blowing up like ships in it. That's cool, I like that. I like that little design upgrade.
2: So that was the, the impossible, impossible quiz.
0: Cool, but we got two right though, didn't we?
2: Yep, y'all got two right. You got that's, one and Garrison uh, got one.
0: Yeah, I, I would consider that a success.
2: Yeah. I
3: would. <laughs> we still failed, but we we did we at hey, least tried. We, we what was it
2: not right last week? It. The week before that didn't nobody get one right at all. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that. most weeks. Nobody gets one. Hey I, the messed up thing about it is I did I forgot to do it and I did it. I did all these questions in like thirty minutes this morning. <laughs>
3: that's good <laughs> questions
2: too. I just ran if you notice they all start with They're the letter great S. Questions because actually So it, that, well, it's, it's so a cool. lot of fun. One of these days, we're going to get Dave Filoni on here and see how many he can get right. I'm gonna, yeah. when, when we know Dave Good Filoni's game. coming on here, I'm going to write like 30 of them. Yeah, it's great. They say he knows everything there is to know about Star Wars. I think he you, wrote the encyclopedia. Um, I, got all, I got
3: all these questions from the Star Wars encyclopedia. He's like,
2: I wrote that, mother trucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm winning definitely. Well, Miltos... Thank you for coming on the show we really really appreciate it you were great i mean just the insight that you have on all on all the different stuff that you did was just phenomenal
0: i appreciate it guys i really do i really appreciate it it's really nice to talk to you it's always good to kind of talk about movies and movie making you know i, I really love it I, I, lo- I love talking about it
3: um it was it was definitely a blast when I mean, we Appreciate all your insights with just movies in general, like not just the movies you've been in, but like the art behind it and like the production behind it. Thank you.
0: It's why we love it, isn't it? It's why we love yeah. it. We both love it. We all love it for the same reason because we like being told stories and we like to be, you know, we like to be transported and uh, you know that's why it's so. That's why we love these 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 stories so much. That's why we put up with a lot of rubbish. <laughs> because we're always looking for the next great story. That is that is the thing. That's always the thing. So it's always nice to talk about it with other people who love it as much.
2: And it's, you know, you would think that there would be a lot more people talking about it. It's like one thing that everybody, everybody does. Everybody watches TV and movies, everybody. There's like nobody that just, I, mean, I guess there's a few people out there probably somewhere to just, <laughs> you know, like the Amish you know, that don't use electricity or something. (laughs) There's people out there that just don't use electricity, but everybody else watches movies and TV and listens to radio and stuff. So it's like, why is it more people talking about the one thing that we all have in common? There's one thing that we all have in common, that we all watch some type of TV or or movies or something. I I always
0: think it's like, for most people, it's like they just don't want to know how it's done. I think they like, it's like, for them, it's like, don't tell me how a sausage is made.
1: I just uh, want to have the sausage. I but
0: I, I'm not saying that because I know that for a fact, but I, I feel like a lot of people just don't, um, they, they just, they like to be transported, but right. the the finding out how you make it is, I think it's always because the weird thing is, it's always different, right? There's okay. always going to be something that happens um i think one of the saddest things that ended with the death of dvds you know when when everything decided to go online and that we had to stream everything one of the saddest things was was the fact that a dv that the only reason you would buy a dvd is for the for the commentary or for the extras because Seriously, those are the I cool i miss those stuff. so much mm-hmm. i know we all miss it and it's a terrible terrible thing and i and i think that uh Obviously, it took a lot of time. You know, directors, imagine how much time you'd have to sit down and do those things. But I don't know. I really found that as exciting as the movie itself, especially a film that you knew quite well. To know exactly what their thinking was when they made this or the problems that they had when they made it. Because what you'll find is that sometimes a scene... Isn't the scene that's written down, but it ends up being an amazing scene. But not because they planned it like that, but because that they had to do something different um, yeah. because of because of limitations and whatever. But but you know, whenever you've got an obstacle like that, you find filmmakers who are really good always find a way, another way to, 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 to tell that story. So so I find all of that stuff very fascinating, and I, and I think it's a real shame that now everything is streamed that we don't really. It doesn't exist anymore, does it, really? Well, kind of, because now they just come out with the
2: making of. Oh, They come out with a whole, because like Disney, they got like the making of everything. I know my wife hates that I got into filmmaking and stuff like that, because she gets mad because I tell her all the mistakes that they make when I'm watching it. (laughs) (laughs) Like You see that green screen right there? See, that's not supposed to be there. That editor messed up. They let that one slide. She's like, just shut up and watch the damn movie it's fun for me to, to analyze the movie. movie it's fun for me to catch those things because the normal person doesn't catch those things and it it brings me excitement because then i know exactly how they did it when you yeah. catch that little bitty thing that nobody else is gonna notice you knew what they did okay they're shooting this on the green screen so they're in studio they're not it's not practical effects you know and she'll be like shut up. Just watch the movie. Why can't you just watch the movie? You see how that guy's mouth wasn't at when the adr that his mouth wasn't matching up with the words? Or did you hear that gunshot? It went off two seconds before the gun actually blasted out that they messed that up. She'd be like, shut the hell up. Just watch the movie. Why you gotta <laughs> tell me? Just... That's what I do. That's. Uh, I... It's not that I'm putting the movie down. I still love the movie and I, I appreciate everything in the movie. I just notice little things now because I've done it. And I think that that's one... It, that's what's fun to me because I'm trying to think the whole time while I'm watching something how would I have done this? Could I have done this different to make it better or could I, if I would have done it a certain way I'd, you know there's a lot of times I'll be like oh I'd have done that like that and I'm like no nah, that would have been stupid <laughs> everybody would have hated the movie if I have done it like that well that's why I'm not the director of the movie. <laughs> But it's just to me that's what's fun i love to know the behind the scenes i love to know what they did to make it like we were talking earlier just the the you know the the makeup and all that stuff to make these creatures and to make different things it's just fascinating to me it's like this is so cool that they actually do that well i think it's about that time to wrap it up because i know i got stuff i gotta go get done and it's i know pleasure, we, we, we've kept you on here for about almost two hours now <laughs> i know you probably you're probably trying to get some rest you just got back in from filming so but we would love to have you back on again if you would, wouldn't mind and come back on and talk Anytime. to us about some new stuff because yeah. uh, you're filming something so i know you got something coming out here pretty soon so we'd love to yeah. know about it yeah I-
0: in the maybe arms maybe around boy. christmas time maybe around christmas time we we'll do around something christmas time. okay
2: that'll
3: work that's a hit that's a hit
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's coming up all right so we will see you guys uh, on wednesday yep. peace and may the force be with you
3: oh and what do we say to the god of death
2: not
0: today
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: see you guys
1: Thank you for tuning in to LSR. If you've enjoyed the show,
0: consider subscribing so you can be notified when new episodes are released. If you would like to be a guest on the show or just want to give us some feedback, feel free to email us. You can also reach out to us on all major social media platforms. Lightsaber Radio is produced by Pickfilm Media and is a Swaycast original starring Garrison Turcott, CJ Elliott, and Kyle McDaniel. And don't forget to join us next time for more adventures in a galaxy far, far away.